Hey there, guys and gals, geeks and gamers. You're tuned in to the Nerd of Godcast, that place on the Venn diagram of life where Christ culture and nerd culture find sweet, sweet two-player co-op. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to the Nerd of Godcast. My name is Tony T, and you are tuned in to the fastest, funnest, funniest, and freakiest festival of faith and fandom. And I just made that up off the top of my head. Oh, Quick, good job, Tony. What a baller. <laughs> somebody somebody Fantastic. grade my work, please. Do I get an F? I think I feel like I get an F. You get an F. Uh, oh, even better. Uh, welcome to the Nerd of Godcast. Uh, you're tuned in, and we're so glad that you are here for episode nine and feeling fine. Someone said, what happened to episode 8A? And I said, 8 ate it. Mm. <laughs> I'm giving myself the crickets I on that one. <laughs> I think a puppy just died. <laughs> wow, that escalated quickly. Uh, we just so uh, we're so thankful that you're listening. Now that you have discovered us, uh, if you haven't ever been here before, uh, make sure that you connect with us in all the ways that you possibly can. You can visit us on Twitter. We hang out there a lot, or on the Facebook, or even now the Instagram. You can find yeah. us at Nerd of Godcast. You can also check us out on our blog at nerdofgodcast.com with uh, lots of fun stuff that we post up there frequently or infrequently uh, and then you can also connect with us on our Patreon page this is super important this is the way that you uh, the Nerd of God squad out there our faithful loyal listeners uh, can help us to continue making sure that you guys get quality content or at least consistent content <laughs> and uh, and it's just a way for you to help financially support what we do we really really appreciate it uh, no Job is too big, no fee is too big, in the words of Dr. Peter Vinkman. But uh, but help us out in any way you can. Even the smallest gift uh, is still better than what most people give. So we love you and we thank you. Visit us on Patreon. And you can link to all of those social media and uh, and support pages through nerdofgodcast.com. So let me go ahead and introduce the cast. As I said my f- before, my name is Tony T. With me, as always, is producer Steve-O. Hootie hoo <laughs> Kicking it no limit style, huh? Yeah. Did I ever tell you the story? Of course I've told you the story about how some of friends of mine uh, back in the late 90s um, decided it would be fun and funny for us to go to the Urban Outfit kind of store. Not Urban Outfitter, which is a different thing, but an actual store that sold kind of more urban, urban hip-hop clothing. wear, which is not really my particular idiom. That was my idiom at one point. And we decided we were going to buy... Uh, no Limit Soldiers uh, baseball jerseys. <laughs> it said No Limit on the back, No Limit 98. Hootie hoo! And uh, we were going to um, wear them about town. So I went down there and I, man, I had some sticker shock because that was like a $90 baseball jersey and I was not acclimated to spending more than Walmart prices for my attire. <laughs> I'm still uh, Went down there, but you know what? We were all in this thing together. So I bought one. <laughs> Dude showed up at those guys' house. Not one of those jokers bought one of those No Limit Soldiers <laughs> jerseys. Aww. It was just me. They're like, yeah, we saw they were expensive, so we changed our mind. I'm like, y'all didn't tell me. Did, Did you return you? it? No, I didn't return it. I wore that thing loud and proud, do man. you still have it? No, I do not. <laughs> no, no Limits was a big deal. My brother actually owns a landscaping company called No Limits Landscaping. Oh, hey, whoa, 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 no whoa, whoa. I'm going to stop you right there unless he's uh, unless he's paying for advertising. So. Yeah, well, he's my brother, so. Okay, very good. Uh, a shout out to Jody. Steven's yeah. brother, who cuts grass and has a girl's name. It's not a girl's name. Jody's definitely a girl's name. I've only ever seen guys with a girl. Jody girl Foster? Girl. Jody Stevens. Who's Jody Stevens? I don't know. It sounds like a name that I've never. <laughs> 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 sounds like a name I've that never actually met somebody there. named Jody other than my brother and then uh, 
Tyrese Gibson's character in the movie Baby Boy was also named Jody. There's Jody Stevens and Stevens Jody. <laughs> <laughs> but my brother's name is Jared. Hold on, stop, stop, stop. I think we just need to let Nev run with this. This is good. Uh, moving around. I'm sorry for the uh, for the tangential moment there. Well, that was my fault. <laughs> no, no, it was me. I took I took you down that that baseball jersey road, uh, and I'm still mad at you, Ryan and Mike. By the way, who are not listening, but if for whatever reason uh, I die, play this at my funeral. Make sure they hear it and rub their faces in it. <laughs> Last names, Tony. Last names. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. Uh, French and Merritt. Uh, <laughs> Steven. Now it's my delight to introduce, uh, fresh off of the plane from oh, the Garden State, the lovely Tori Line. Hi guys. Hello, Victoria. Ask me what's new. What's new, Tori? I got a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> that is so deliciously random. Was, Tell me what, what in the world is exciting. <laughs> do I ask you what's new every time? Yes. I do. And you yeah. always say homework. It's homework. homework. But now School. it's so you, like, you've been on vacation. I went on vacation. Wah, wah. So no homework. So it's not homework. Just I, tiny little guitars. Just, exactly. <laughs> what can you, you, why didn't guitars. you bring it? Why can't you play us a little tune? Because I forgot. And I was going to play Zelda's Lullaby because I taught myself Zelda's Lullaby. She's getting excited. I am getting really Use excited. your words. Slow down, breathe. I learned, <sighs> I learned Zelda's lullaby on it, and but I'm not quite confident enough yet to like play it for a non-existent podcast audience. So maybe next time. Wait, wait, but, wait. Do you, are you saying our audience is non-existent? No, no. Like they're not here. So like. Also oh, not live. I'm just not saying. Live. Micah That's Sims is screaming at you right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, L Seven is I mean, upset. I mean, he is not live. I mean live. I'm sorry. <laughs> and your mom. Your mom listens. Your mom is freaking right. out. Thank you. So, Thank so you. Tell her to play. You the ukulele. Uh, my boyfriend Ben bought me the ukulele. Benjamin. Benjamin. So did ben you? So you you had to learn how to play it while you were at home. You you yeah. you're working on it at home. Mm-hmm. You still had homework. Oh. Oh yeah. Okay. Wow. Nev. I'm so sorry. And Nev's totally street comes to a screeching halt. <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool though. A little tiny Tory, yeah, little blue. tiny guitar. Of course it is. <laughs> Wait, what? is it blue it's like blue. your hair or blue like your? It's your, blue the like scarf sea you're greeny blue. Like so like your hair. Yeah, kind of. So okay. you, now you That's are really also dark. sporting a very nice uh, uh, scarf. Yes. This is also okay. So my boyfriend doesn't like to wait for Christmas, so he gave me all my presents like early. <laughs> well, does, is he going to give you your birthday presents on Christmas? Since the that's ukulele he said was my birthday present. Oh. Is so, it a Christmas present? No, it's a birthday. So present. basically, he's he actually telling you, likes me and go gets ahead and one of each. Get excited oh, for nothing for Christmas. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. I'm getting somehow. nothing <laughs> for Christmas, Tori. Uh, I don't know the rest of that song. Um, mommy All and, uh, I want for Christmas nope. is ukes. <laughs> and there goes another puppy. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to get have, through all 101 scarf. That's what, that's what Tony was trying to say. I have, it, is, it is definitely a, a scarf adorned with the Triforce uh, Hyrule uh, logo emblazoned in See? very, very bright colors. She's holding very it up cool. to the microphone right now. <laughs> it looks no different than a, than a full color printout of Idris Elba. <laughs> Toy Speaking will be saying of it's which, loud. moving right around to uh, the big man himself, Quentin Gregory Neff. Hello from the other side. Dude, you're getting you a gel. <laughs> you just killed four puppies with that one. Oh no. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get shut down tonight. I can't by afford the a max, so I guess I had to get. Peter's gonna get be angry. Now, what's going on, bro? You tell, tell me about your Black Friday adventures. You went out with the uh, the young cobra. You guys went and uh, well, purchased some Well, for Thanksgiving, we went uh, we went to go see two movies. We, we've done it before. We went and had a double feature. 
and we went bowling in between. You did a double double feature, didn't you? you did I, I did a double feature on Monday, and then I did another double feature on Thursday. A double double. I doubled down. So, yeah. so what movies are now? Are these movies that we can suggest to the podcast audience? Are they appropriate? I saw the Peanuts movie. Okay, I saw Spectre. That was my first double feature. That's a okay. weird double feature, but that is, is a little weird. And then one of the ones I saw with Blake were uh, Victor Frankenstein and Creed. <gasps> I okay. To see I heard were, Victor Frankenstein right, so was terrible. Rank was those. Yeah. Rank those in in, in levels from uh, sad to awesome. Sad to awesome, or, or you know, like terrible to awesome. I mean, I guess Victor Frankenstein was the worst. It was still fun to watch, but it wasn't like a great movie. Um, I guess I had to put Peanuts up at as number two, so I got to I have to put Spectre at number three, even though I like Spectre a lot because Creed was definitely number one. Creed was good. Creed was amazing. They, I mean, I can I know exactly what they mean when they say that it's the best Rocky movie since the first Rocky movie because it is spectacular. Well, I think that Rocky Balboa was pretty spectacular. Oh, no, no, so that was a really good I'm movie, arguing. too. I'm just saying, like, if, sure. it, if it follows suit with that, which I think Rocky Balboa was kind of like a sequel that really everyone thought, do they need to make this? Like, this is this is the sequel no one asked for. And Rocky Balboa turned out pretty pretty spectacular. Rocky Balboa has one of the best villain names I've ever heard. Mason, Mason Dixon. The, Mason the, the Line Dixon. Dixon. I freaked out because I had just learned oh, about the, the Mason line. Dixon line <laughs> in high school, so I was like... Uh, and who played Mason Dixon? I didn't see the movie. I don't know. Oh, really? You didn't see Rocky Balboa? Uh, the only Rocky movie I've seen is uh, Rocky Three. Did you pick up the? You didn't pick up the Rocky box. No, I almost Friday. did though. Who was Steve-O it? And I How much was it? Black Friday shopping. It was I think like it was twenty bucks. Twenty for all bucks six for movies. yeah for six. I should have got that. You should have definitely. Got well, steal. I got the other one. Steven did get a a large, a copious amount of. Film. I got eight movies for thirty dollars. I was eight very happy for thirty bucks. Eight Blu-rays. I got two. As far as Black Friday shopping, we just went to the Target across from the mall. I got a couple movies, like two movies. For like ten bucks, so I didn't want to go. Although I started off with ten movies, and then I had to put them all back because I was like, I don't need these. Yeah, I, I went. I was shopping online, and I picked up a whole bunch of stuff. I had it all in my cart on the uh, the big box stores website, mm. and uh, just as I began looking at my cart one by one, I just began removing, removing, removing until I got it down to like two items, and it was a, a video game and I think a DVD. No, no, it was an amiibo. Oh, um, <clears throat> it was uh, a nondescript collectible figure with video game applications for uh, someone's son, but definitely not mine. I, I got lots of Amiibos. So for my yeah, son? You did. You I cleaned got up lots. <laughs> did your boyfriend do something bad while you were gone? No. Or? He just like, I don't know, he likes giving me things and he can't give them to me when I'm here, so he like That's hoards them nice. all until I visit. Hoard did it have anything to do with that text that I sent you and me and Tony where I had Megacon fan days? I, there, there was one table that had a ton of amiibos, oh. and I sent Tori a picture of that, and she's like, "Buy them, and I'll pay you back." And I told her I couldn't do that. Yeah, no, no, this th- I bought those. <laughs> uh, he bought me. What did he get me? He got me the scarf and the ukulele, and he got me a new video game. Was well, speaking of MegaCon fan days, we we oh, did what? that this week. <laughs> Uh, that was a lot of fun, and and uh, mm-hmm. it was we had a really great experience out there. I mean, first off, MegaCon just a class act. Fan Days is a new addition to their their presentation of families. They're under new ownership, and uh, they they brought in a, a friend of ours who is promoting and uh, making sure all the the anime and that that area of it was kind of stocked and taken care of with different panels and different features. And he invited us to come in. Uh, this is the second time we've had working with him. 
And I, I think that we were it was received really well. We, it, it took a very different feel, a very different approach uh, than it did when we were at the Florida Anime Experience a couple months ago. But it was really great. And we got to meet some really good people. We had yeah. some great conversations afterwards. And it was a very, very positive experience. I was super thankful for the opportunity. Uh, got to meet a lot of uh, nice folks out there, some listeners and uh, some people that are potential listeners so uh if you were with us at megacon fan days and we got to shake your hands or give you a hug uh thank you so much for tuning in to the nerd of godcast big shout out to you guys yay yeah i'm really bummed i didn't get to go because like i'm glad i went home but i really enjoyed like it's an interesting talk yeah and i like the first one you did and i'm thank you oh yeah i forgot you read that one. first one we yeah. and we it looks like um that we'll we've got enough uh, positive momentum and uh, a good enough relationship that uh, maybe in the future we will get invited back for some different topics and, and continue to have that opportunity cool. at some different conventions get a uh, around Florida. Uh, let me get back to our sort of going around the circle and introducing everybody. I have a question that I want to open up with tonight, and this is going to sort of set the stage for what we're talking about. If you could have one superpower, something that would be terribly useful for you in your personal everyday life, what superpower do you dream, do you imagine, do you wish that you could have? I'm putting the ball in your court and just seeing what you might think. Neff, what, what do you think? If, if you could have a superpower, what would be the most useful superpower for your life? Time control. Time control. Like yeah. the Zach Morris time control? Like time out. Uh, kind of. I mean, I'd like, as far as like going, like being able to rewind or move forward or just, you know, slow down, speed up. When, like when would you use that? What's the application for? Like, I don't know. Like, if I needed a test, if I needed to do a test, or if I was falling behind on a project, or, you know, like the chewed over with a Twix type of thing. Or if you wanted to sleep <laughs> in a little bit later. It's like, exactly. stop time, sleep, wake up. I only wasted a minute. That's yeah. right. That is useful. All right. So, so Neff is the Time Lord. Yes. If you will. Uh, bigger on the inside. <laughs> I don't know how much bigger he can get. <laughs> Steven, what do you think? What what kind of power would you want to have for your everyday life? Uh, mine's a little bit more off-kilter. Uh, mine is actually modeled off of Monica Dawson, if you guys remember who that is. From Friends. Yeah, no, that was from, a... from Heroes. No, I don't know. She was uh, <laughs> Micah. Micah's cousin in New Orleans. She was the one that whenever she watched, like if she watched somebody do something, she could immediately mimic how they did it. Yeah, she was iPod girl. Basically, yeah. yeah. So she like, for example, so one fun. episode of the show, she watched somebody do parkour, and then she could just do it just by watching That's somebody do it and immediately just be able to do it. She watched someone cut like a little rose out of a tomato. So then the next thing she knew, she could do it. No problem. Not even thinking about it. They call it like photokinesis or something like that. There's an actual word for it. Yeah, something like that. But hers was like super, super enhanced. Like it's a little bit, it's a little bit, like I said, off kilter. I don't want to go with like flying. And what were you hope, what would you hope to do? Like what would the application for that in your life? Just be able to do anything by watching it. Like if I wanted to break dance, I can watch somebody break dance and I could do it. Or if I wanted to, you know, learn how to like sculpt something i can watch a video of somebody sculpt something and then be able to do it just it's not really anything for like keep saving people purposes it's all selfish but hey <laughs> so steven has out. a superpower someone get him a vhs copy of ghost and uh breaking it to <laughs> was it break into what was that the, the electric, electric boogaloo up? electric oh. boogaloo uh, nobody knows what that is no, uh victoria um i this actually was pertinent to like this past week i would either like to fly or warp because I have friends in many places, and it would be a whole lot easier mm. if I could just be there. So, so which would it be, fly or warp? Flying is a lot more fun, I would think, but warping is way more efficient. 
So, so are, would you describe yourself as a fun person or an efficient person? Depends on the day <laughs> and the task at hand. Depends on whether you're doing homework or playing the ukulele. Exactly. Fly or warp? <sighs> I need to know. It'd have to, I'd, ha- I'd have to go for warping because it would just, efficiency has to, because once I get there, then we can have fun. So we need to see what what would the limitations to your powers be? Because you can't just willy nilly have this you know unlimited cheat code god power. Maybe it could be like like the frequency of warping would depend on how far away it was. So I could warp to school maybe like once a day or twice a day, like there and back, whatever. What's the distance to school mileage? Nine miles. Okay, so let's just say you can warp twenty miles a day. But then I wouldn't be able to warp to Jersey. But then if I warped to Jersey, I couldn't warp for like another week. Oh, what if it's But then more... that would defeat the purpose of warping. <laughs> Start getting a nosebleed or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, if, what if it's something that you have to be able to visualize where you're going? So you can't be like, I'm just going to warp to Egypt. But oh. you have to actually visualize the exact spot you that you're warping. Somewhere like, I've been like, before, like Nightcrawler. Maybe. Okay. okay. Somewhere, somewhere My, mine before. was more uh, like... Uh, Operating in Harry Potter, you have to visualize yeah, yeah, yeah. it and then you can do it. Okay, so Stephen, what's the limitations to your power? Uh, whatever my physical limitations are. So breakdancing so, is out. Well, no, I can I can break. You've seen me break. <laughs> I can break. A bit. But <laughs> no, uh, no, no, I haven't. Show us. No, I can't okay. do it right here. Um, <laughs> but no, for example, if I watch somebody, you know, dunk something, I won't be able to dunk unless I actually can physically do it. Uh, but anything else, anything that I can physically handle, I could do. Gotcha, Neff. What's the limitations to yours? Um. His own imagination. Um, maybe like there's this only a set amount of time that I can, like, as far as going forward and going back, there's a set amount of time that I can go forward and go back. And as far as slowing down time, I can only do it for a certain amount of time. Hmm. So there was a thing I saw on YouTube called Riley Rewind, where she could go back in time to a certain point. It was a girl, she'd go back in time. But then after a certain amount of times doing it, she would start getting like a nosebleed and feeling lightheaded and get sick. So maybe something like that, where I would only have a, I can only go back a certain amount of times or a certain length of time, or go forward a certain length of time before I start getting sick or something happens. Hmm. Okay. Right. So then you have to like, you know, re, refresh. Yeah, I have to like, there's have to be like a cool down period. What about you, Tony? Me? Yeah. Um, I'd just be Batman. Oh, okay. No, well, well, that's easy. So no. wait, your parents will be dead. <laughs> Well, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right, moving on. Um, I'm not playing, you guys. I found you, Tony. Now, now, a long time ago, I had a conversation with a young man who was in the youth group. His name was, let's just call him Steven. And we were talking superheroes, and Steven told me that Batman, speaking of Batman, was not a superhero. Now, I protested. I said, nay, nay. Batman is a superhero. And uh, Steven, do you remember what that young man's argument was? Oh, yeah, he, that he doesn't have any superpowers. And you've mentioned this on the podcast and threw me under the bus about it already. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, listen, the bus had to come back to the station. <laughs> it's your fault for back still landing. I, I have since learned the error of our ways. Okay, but and... Batman's problem is that he doesn't have superpowers. Ergo, he's know. not a hero, yeah, not a superhero. I, I wouldn't, I would, I'd have to... He's definitely not a superhero, but he's definitely a hero. But wait, why and, is he and, not a superhero? Hold, hold on, hold on, please. Why, why is he not a superhero? He doesn't have, like, some unearthly ability to do something. He is with, well within... That's what makes him so cool, is he's well within human, like, physical abilities, but he just maximizes on it, and he's, like, the ultimate weapon, he's because he doesn't <laughs> need superpowers. Okay, okay. 
So that makes him not a superhero. Right. I mean, he's still so, a hero. So, to, hero. so to me, so, so to, uh, I'm hearing you say that to be a superhero, your abilities need to be superhuman. Yeah. Okay. Well, let I'm, me. I'm not necessarily the final word. That's okay. On no, that, no, but... we're we're just dialoguing, darling. Okay. May I may I proffer this? Perhaps what makes someone a superhero is not their ability, but it's the challenges that they undertake. Mm. What if a, a person who is at peak physical fitness, the you know peak intelligence for a human, peak strength level for a human, like say a Batman? Uh, were to not shy away from fighting someone who was superpowered, like Clayface or Solomon Grundy or Bane. Superman or Superman, would them would they not then not only be defined by the power that they have, but by the obstacles they overcome? Okay, yeah. Uh, biblically, David was not a giant, but he was a giant slayer. Uh, so his uh, legend oh. grew. It wasn't like, well, he's just a shepherd boy. Right. No, his legend grew not because of his strength, but because of his uh, challenges, because of his uh, obstacles, because of yeah. his triumphs. Um, so I, I don't know. I would say that Batman becomes a super powered or superhero because he is not afraid to fight things that are bigger than himself. Yeah. Steven. Right. I, gotcha. I would also say that I would put him in the superhero category now, now that I've more learned. Um, because he is a part of the Justice League and he can hold his own in the Justice League without with being the only one without any kind of superpower. Also, the Justice League almost can't function without him sometimes. I was reading recently in the one of the more newer runs of the New 52 where Batman is no longer Batman. Uh, he has lost all of his memories, so he doesn't know anything about the Justice League. All he knows is that his parents are dead and that he's older and all that stuff. He has no memory of Batman. And the Justice League is like, well, man, we can't do anything because we don't have Batman. Like, we need Batman. He's the one guy with the keys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, at the beginning of the he knows the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> the beginning of the animated Justice League series, they were like... He was like the key. Like they needed Batman to be on the team, or else there was no team. I will. T- I will tell you this, and it, it's a delightful thing that you guys need to take. I don't know. It's fifteen or twenty minutes. It's not very long, but please go on to Netflix and watch Justice League Beleaguered, or Batman. It's a Lego Batman Beleaguered. Oh, I've seen it. And it's yeah. the it's the, the Justice League Lego Justice League trying to recruit Batman minus oh. Green Lantern. And well, you listen. I mean, mm. no big loss. I didn't even notice he wasn't there. Oh, I did. oh, snap! Crack Justice uh, Green Green who? That doesn't Arrow. ring Hornet. any bells. The one <laughs> whose villains were all the main parts yeah. of DC Comics 3. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Lego DC. DC. Uh, first off, Lego Lego Batman, Batman 3 was terrible. Whatever. Terrible. Worst of the Whatever. series. Uh, okay, moving along. Anyway, I just that's that's my little Netflix endorsement because I don't feel comfortable <laughs> recommending Jessica Jones to anybody. Wholly <laughs> <laughs> inappropriate yet. show. I'm going to go back to watching uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, so anyway, uh, okay, so now we've established what your superpowers are and that you are, in fact, superheroes, whether you can warp, whether you can mimic, or whether you can control time. What just happened? I don't know. Snap. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I, 
my can slipped. Now hold on to that in the back of your head, but uh, we're going to play some games real quick. How you feeling about doing some mini games tonight? Yeah. yeah. It's been a while. It has it been has a while been since while. we've done some mini games. Yes, so we're going to set this up right now. This is what I want you guys to do. In front of you, you're going to see uh, some sharp or some expo markers. You're going to see some dry erase markers and dry erase boards. Everybody take one. Gracias. Um, please. All right, so for our first mini game of the night, we're going to uh, test your super hearing. I'm going to be playing some songs. Each of these are from superhero movies. And what I need for you guys to do is try to identify the movie correctly. So make sure that no one's looking at your board. Hold them as such that Steven can't copy off of you. What, what, what? Uh, I'm going to play um, a few seconds of the song. And when I stop, I want to see if you have uh, correctly identified the theme song for which the movie belongs. Everybody feeling good about it? Yep. Any yes. questions so far? <laughs> no. Do we Do have to write uh, the name of the song? Or just the name of the movie? You just the name the of the movie. The director, the producer. Okay. Just the name of the movie. The full movie or just the character? The just the movie. Okay. The movie. The movie. <laughs> the movie. All right, here we go. Moving right along. It's time to test your hearing, and here we go. You guys think you know what it is? Let's see some answers right now. Tori's still writing. All right, Tori, what do we got? It is Captain America. Steven put the Avengers, and Neff put Captain America, Winter Soldier. It is the Avengers. Aww. One Darn. point for Steven. Well, I guess we weren't like completely wrong. I, see, it was either Captain America or Avengers. For I mean, me, he was there, right? Was he exciting. was definitely he there. Was <laughs> he was definitely there. All right, all right. Not too bad. Not too bad. Don't Here we me. go. Round two. Right, writing down your answers. Let's take a look and see what you can come up with. Tori is up. Neff is up. Steven is up. We have Superman, Captain America, and Captain America. The correct answer is Captain America. Yeah, see, I knew it. Sorry, Tori. Uh, yeah, me too. That one, that one was definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was, but I'm like, I said that last time. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, I was trying to give you a little bit of, a, of help there, I guess. Um, all sneaky, right. sneaky Spider-Man. I'm very sneaky. Here we go. This one's got a slow build to it. Write down your answers as soon as you know it. Cue the trumpet. Pensive look from Neff. Steven seems confident. And Tori. Tori looks like she's trying to work out Chinese algebra. <laughs> All right, we got our answer. We got one answer in. I can't read what that is. All right. 
All right, I got Man of Steel, Superman, and... It says Superman. Superman. <laughs> this is from the original movie, Superman. Yes! Point for Tori. Yay! You have the right character. What? You have the right character. Yeah, I know. I should have waited for it, because this not it go down to the, the breakdown. It was I the trumpet. Say. The trumpet's what did it for me. Uh, well, that well, obviously, obviously, that's what it's. So, obviously. All right, let's see if you guys. We're gonna get a little bit harder here. Sorry, Tori. <laughs> here we go. Right here. Waiting for Stevo. These only movies? I swear. Very good. Batman, Batman, Batman. Great yeah, job. Right. Did you write Batman the Animated Series? I started to, and then the I was like, ma- wait. Did you say Mask of the Phantasm? That was the uh, end credits for Batman the Animated Series also. Danny Elfman did that originally. So, uh, so yeah, very good. Batman, Batman, Batman. So you're doing better well, than you I've got no points, so I did Batman the Animated Series. All right, moving <laughs> along. We got a couple more here. We'll see how you guys do on this one. Right, we got a Spider-Man, a Spider-Man, and a Spider-Man. Sorry, guys. All of those were wrong. Spider-Man 7. That's right, Steven. No, it's Spider-Man 2. I'll take Spider-Man. That's oh, okay. right. You guys are good. I almost put... I was like, is this... I thought it might have been Spider-Man 2 or 3. I almost I almost put Hulk because the Hulk had that little... Yeah, no, that was definitely Spider-Man 2. But I know. Yeah. It's, it sounds like a spider. It sounds... Yeah. All right. Got a couple more here. We'll see how you guys do on this one. So we all got that last one? Mm-hmm. Okay. I can do it. Tricky one. Someone's in their car right now, driving home from work, listening to this, going, screaming the answer. I feel like I'd remember that. Bump it. I'm going. Let's see what you guys got. I feel bad because we got Thor, Thor, and. Uh, well, I was wrong, but okay. There. Iron Man. It's uh, none on all those things. Oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was a TV show. Oh. Sorry. Oh. Wait a second. Oh. It, it was a red herring, baby. All right. I, I could hear it. I was like. Wait a minute. I've never seen it. It sounds like Agents of Shield. But it's All right, be I'm gonna kick up story. the uh, kick up the difficulty just a little bit here and see what you guys can come up with. Listening intently. All right, what do we got here? Show me the money. I don't know it. I know it, but I don't know it. All right, we got a Thor. We got a Thor, and we got an Iron Man. 
That was, <laughs> again. That was Iron Man 3. Yeah! Uh, Tori gets it. Yeah! All right, see? Never mind. I take back what I said. That was the word, too. I'm pretty sure my mom has that soundtrack. It's a great she soundtrack. She loves that soundtrack. Iron Man, I, I, like, I, I celebrate the entire Marvel so movie soundtrack catalog. You mean all the horns? Please, I don't want you guys to miss this one. Yeah, this is Green Lantern. No one knows oh. it because no one cares. Oh, Sorry, Neff. Man. Just needed to prove a point Bro, to you. Bro, even I didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they had a memorable score because even the movie wasn't that memorable. <laughs> was it, was it, they made a movie? A movie of Green Lantern? Yeah. That's... It's intense, right? <laughs> there it is. Steven is writing and erasing and writing. Uh, I know I'm going to really upset when we say it. I, know oh, I don't know which one it is, though. Cause He's listening. Steven's listening for the subtle nuances. Like he knows the franchise. He's just trying to pick a number. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm like... Gonna cut you off there. No, I'm good. If we just kind of know the frame, I don't even What do you got, Steven? Dark Knight Rises. Well, okay. Batman. The Dark Knight. You erased the Rises at the last second. I did. <laughs> That's I not did. fair. After. Because I was like, mm, no, I gotta go with my gut. I'm gonna go ahead and give it to all of you guys because you got the right franchise. Double points for Steven. It was The Dang Dark Knight it. Rises. The, uh, Sorry, Neff, you got to commit, man. It was there, there was a part of it that maybe sounded like it could be like the basser, basser. Right, how much more time we got? We got two more? Time time for two more? Yeah, yes. sure. Absolutely. All right, I got to be picky here. All right, I'm going to... Ooh, this is... You, I don't think you'll get this one. If you guys get this one, I'll buy you all a sandwich. <gasps> oh, ooh, okay, I want to get, get this, this one, one now. Okay. Listening intently, but not a lot of writing. What do we got? I feel like I remember that. Ooh, good guesses. We have oh, Spawn, no, Daredevil, Don't and Thor. Yeah. Man, I will be keeping the Wawa all to myself. Whatever. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I was thinking that's not even fair. Because I'm like, no, that's not it. That's too obvious. Nope, that was it. Yeah, no. see, I, I thought it was going to be more uh, more of an obscure one. I'm upset. Well, it's fairly obscure soundtrack-wise. I'm upset. Because everyone right, remembers the, the awesome uh, mix. Don't be upset. Don't be upset. All right. Here we go. Last one. Unless I feel like doing one more. Last one right here. 
some ambient noise there. you out there tell me what you guys got i don't think i'm right i've heard it but we got superman 2 from steven got spider-man from tori and amazing spider-man 2 from neff spot on neff double neff. points on the money amazing spider-man it was 2. The, it was the, when it got into the the new york part and then the the, the, the do, 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 do. Because yeah. then that whole movie was all. How'd that, how'd that go again? <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait for the bass drop. Wow, <laughs> 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 the dubstep in that <laughs> movie, <laughs> man. I am Electro. You know that was. <laughs> that bothered me so much. They speak to me. They tell me things. Not one more. <laughs> you want one more? Yeah. One more. One more. Another. All right. What's the score right now? I have no idea. Oh, oh, I think I'm doing okay. I don't either. Um. All right, let we're me see. Decent, I got I double like points, so I mean, some, now we're getting into some obscure cuts here because I don't want to start throwing Ghost Rider at you or Electra. I would totally get Ghost Rider. You know what you should do? Is this record times. saying each one of us is the winner, and then when you edit it, just put that one in there? And, okay. <laughs> Congratulations, Tori, you're the winner. Yay! Congratulations, Stevo, you're the winner. Yeah. Congratulations, Neff, you're the winner. Oh, what do I get? Nothing. All right. <laughs> all right. So we'll see. I'm probably just gonna leave all that in there <laughs> just for fun. Um, okay. Last one, and uh, and we'll call it a day. One and done. If you could see everyone's faces right now, Neff grinning ear to ear with his eyes darting back and forth. Stephen leaned back in his chair, gazing at the ceiling. Tori. Head bowed down <laughs> in total shame and disgrace preemptively. <laughs> Let your heart take you to that place. What are you feeling right now? What hero are you feeling? Oh. I, it's gonna be it's either gonna be spot on or absolutely wrong. But I'm feeling it. He's feeling it. Do you feel him feeling it? <laughs> <laughs> Steven, are you feeling it? Because I'm feeling myself. I can't remember how to spell part of this. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> it's one word that has two different kinds of spellings. I would never remember which one. Victoria? Thor the Dark World? <laughs> but it's not X-Men. <laughs> Really I think upset. I chose. I, feel like I chose. I think I chose absolutely wrong. Now that I'm hearing this part. All right. Let's take a look. It's an Avatar. <laughs> it is the Avatar. Correct. Correct. It's Avatar: Last Airbender. Unite Shyamalan. I don't. I don't know. Yes, I do. I don't. Tori, we're waiting on you, uh, darling. I don't. Wow. I don't know. 
Steven has submitted his answer. Neff no, has submitted his answer. Right. That's when both get it wrong, it was wrong. It. I'm feeling it. Now I hear this part, and I don't think it's right. Yeah, no, with that whole... Steven guessed Man of Steel. Which word were you having a hard time Steel. steel. I can't remember which one was the steel Get or the... I steal your stuff. Man of Steel. Man of a, steel. The A Man is with the steel. Man of Steel and Tori said Thor. I just need to write something down. That song was Look to the Stars by Hans Zimmer from the Man of Steel soundtrack. Congratulations, Neff and guys. Steven. Good job, guys. Great I, job, boys. I didn't see that one, Excellent. so... You did good. You did real good. <laughs> Congratulations, Neff and Steven. <laughs> what do we win? You're going to Disney World. What? You just have to buy a ticket. Oh. <laughs> Are we playing another game? Yeah, yeah, you guys want to play another game? I got, I got a yes, little bit of time. Yeah. 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 It's been a I got nowhere to be. Games, so yeah, we haven't done games. When was the last time we did a game? So this Ball is what I'm going to need you guys to do. Go ahead and pull out your handy dandy buzzers. Oh, gosh. And we are going to play a little Nerdy Godcast trivia here. All right, let's go ahead and test the batteries on those things. Neff. Steve-O. Tori. Are those the same sound effects you've always used? I think yes. so. Makes me so happy. Consistency is just one of the little joys in my life. <laughs> we are going to play a game. Uh, a little trivia game, and it's called this. You will know them by their love. Oh. This is a superhero nice. trivia game where I'm going to tell you the name of the love interest, and you are going to tell me what hero he or she belongs to. That's so nice. All right, so you're going to ring in. First answer is going to, uh, first correct answer gets the point. Should we have our hands like on our lap so it's. That's fine. Okay, that way it's, like, that yeah. way it's at least a race. Hand on your left. So we're hand on, okay. okay. Lois Lane. Steven. Superman. Very good. One point for Steven. Sorry, just had to Vicky Vale. Neff. Batman. Batman is correct. Gwen Stacy. Steven. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, you got it. Reed Richards. Steven. Sue Storm. Very good. Oh, that, that was tricky. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jean Grey. Neff. Uh, Cy- uh, Cyclops. I'll accept it. Would have also or accepted Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pepper Potts. Tori. Iron Man. Iron Man. Yes. Betty Ross. Steven. The Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Connelly. Betty Brant. Steven. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Oh, Brant. Electra Nachos. Steven. Daredevil. Daredevil. Electra Nachos. Karen Page. Tori? No. Steven. Daredevil. Also Daredevil. Oh, what? Oh. And what Foggy. Sorry. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the, okay. We're going with heroes. Foggy doesn't have any power, so he can't be a hero. Hey, he oh. has a super Kitty heart. Pride. Steven. Iceman. Incorrect. Negative one point. Oh, oh. Colossus. Colossus Sorry, is I correct. I forgot. I, I sprung in before I realized who he said. Jane Foster. Steven. Thor. Don't well, she, is, she is Thor. Silver St. Cloud. Batman. Very good, Steven. Wow, very good, Steven. I know who Silver St. Cloud is. Felicia Hardy. Batman. I mean, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Sorry, I misspoke. I misspoke. Can't accept it. No. Tori. Spider-Man. Spider-Man is correct. <laughs> I misspoke. I corrected myself. I, I can't. I, I can't even finish saying Batman. Button, no. can't hold even. on, my button's stuck. Can't accept it. Can't accept it. Okay, yeah. Scarlet Witch. Steven. Dang it. Uh, 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 u
Who's up, 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 I'll accept it. But who are you gonna say, <laughs> Quicksilver? You're right. No. <laughs> don't, don't bring out that ultimate on me. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> Is that who you're looking for? Black Canary. Neff. Uh, uh, arrow. Uh, green Arrow. Yeah. Arrow. Yeah. Aurora Monroe. Also called Storm. Oh. Um, Black Panther. Also called. Uh, I can't think of his name. Oh, I can't wait, think of it. Have... Don't look it up. <laughs> T'Challa. <laughs> Thank you. I couldn't remember. I wanted so, to say the guy who starred in a. Who, the guy who starred in a. Uh, Twelve Years Slave. Sharon Carter. That is it Captain is. America. Yeah. As soon as you rang it, <laughs> I remembered who the, I was trying to think of who it was. I'm like, Carter. That was Peggy Carter. No, yeah. Peggy Carter was not Sharon Carter. Sharon in the Carter. Ultimates, it becomes Sharon Carter. And, and I guess I assume no, maybe the Winter no, Soldier. No, Sharon Carter is in Winter Soldier. I know that. What? I know. When Sharon I, Carter is in the comic books. I know that. I was saying in Ultimates yeah. because she gets with Bucky in the Ultimates. Who's Sharon Carter in the... She's our niece. She's the nurse that ends up being a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in Captain America Winter Soldier. His neighbor. The neighbor. Oh, the laundry, oh okay. Laundry. She's no, also no, going to be on Team uh, Cap in the second movie. Very cool. She's on the posters. Because I thought, when I saw the poster for it, I saw her on it, I thought that it was Bobby Morse. I thought it was the Mockingbird. Bobby oh. Morse is from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, in the comic book continuity, Bobby Morse is Mockingbird. And she's Hawkeye's uh, wife. So I wonder how that all played out. Uh, all right, moving along. Uh, Mary Jane Watson. Steven. Ah, the button work. It's because you keep pressing it. Mm. Carol Ferris. Oh, Green Lantern. Green Lantern. <laughs> you didn't get that. I was going to be very, very upset. Bobby Morse. Wait. Um, uh, uh, Hawkeye. Very good. Yeah, I was going to say, like, did we school I just that? said that one. <laughs> uh, Elastigirl. Neff. Uh, Mr. Incredible. Very good. Luke Cage. I saw Steven first. Jessica Jones. Correct. Dang it. No, see, it's, it's it's broken. It's broken. I can't stop you it. Keep... <laughs> Just hold it. Hold it's it straight up. It's got a mind of its own. I can't do a thing with it. The Wasp. Uh, Ant-Man. Hank, Hank. No, I, I didn't even touch it. <laughs> I swear. That's true. No, you saw I it. You it. all I saw it. it. The ghost. <laughs> Press it on your belly. Talia al Ghul. Steven. Batman. Dang it. Dang it. Dang it. Beverly Switzler. Beverly Swiss from Cleveland. Uh, uh, Phil Coulson. No. No. You're Don't thinking th of the cellist from Portland. Oh, yeah, I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who is it? Beverly Switzler, played by Leah Thompson. Nope. <laughs> nope. Howard the Duck. Uh, oh. Boo. <laughs> you say boo all you want to. Steven, minus one point for your Phil Coulson guess. Okay. Liz Sherman. Liz Sherman. Nope. Wow. Hellboy. Oh. Oh. See, I don't know much about Hellboy. Gambit. Crap, I should have rang in. Uh, Rogue. Sorry. Tori? Rogue. It was Rogue. <laughs> well, I know I said Rogue. Well, you said, I but stopped. you said crap, I shouldn't have rang in. First. Yeah, but I still rang I in. I started to guess. you ringing in. No, I, mean, I rang in. No, I said Rogue. Oh. I'm going to need a new button. All right, arm wrestle for it. Boo. 
It was rogue. You guys can share a point. Okay. Final, <laughs> <laughs> like the final score is this. Steven, 13 and a half. <laughs> Nev, six. Tori, three and a half. I just got, I just need pepper pots. So you got pepper pots. Listen, that's, 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 that's all I wanted. Thing. Really? <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy with my Silver State Cloud. You can only get one. See, my just button is pots. broke, so I mean. Because you broke it, because you you spent ten minutes hitting it. <laughs> True. <laughs> on, your belly. on the on the Doing first that. episode, the first time we used it, yeah, you wore it out. Let's do this. Well, now that we've separated the winners from the losers, uh, we're going to go ahead and continue with the idea of separating those things which we should hold in lofty <laughs> positions of admiration and those things which we should disdain to the chasm of forgetfulness in an, a segment that we call the best thing ever, ever, ever. And this week's best thing ever, uh, we're going to take this thing on debate club style. Uh, I have given a, a, one of our challengers to uh, a member of our Nerd of Godcast crew, and uh, we're going to let them sort of debate, make an argument for uh, the person that they are uh, going to advocate. So on tonight's best thing ever, we're going to continue with our Clash of the Titans. This is sort of a mechas versus kaiju. We've been doing this for, the, for several weeks now, almost from the beginning of our show. Uh, as we, uh, You can check it all out on our uh, social media pages. You can vote along. It's your votes that decide who wins. And tonight, uh, Neff and Tori are going to make the case for our challengers, Giant Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Represent... Represented by the lovely Tory line. And Mega Maid from Spaceballs. What you reppin'? From uh, Quentin Neff. That's me. So Hi, so tell us, tell us, uh, um, flipping a coin here, heads or tails? Tails. It was heads. Oh, Tori, you want to go first or second? Uh, I guess I'll go first. All right, we're going to let Tori with, go <laughs> first. Bring, <laughs> bring that steaming uh, cinnamon roll of confidence into our lives. <laughs> Well, I never thought of it that way. Tell okay. us, tell us about so, giant Krang. A uh, giant Krang is a is a brain in a mechanical suit. He was banished to the dimension X at some point. He's a bad guy he in, is the, a bad in the turtles, guy. the mutant turtles with the rat guy. The rat guy. The rat- <laughs> I'm so glad that you brought your A game tonight, Tori. Give me a sec. Hold on. Somebody study. Hold on. Hold on. She didn't want homework again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a week off. Give her a she break, She didn't man. even bring the ukulele. I know. <laughs> so, Tori, what do you... W- describe Krang to me. Imagine I've never seen him before. Uh, he's a brain with little noodly arms inside a mechanical <laughs> suit. <laughs> That's what he I is. mean, he does, a, he does He looks like a dot, like the inside of a Dalek. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, he looks like, yeah, yeah. No, wait. Inside really. of a Dalek? Not very yeah, unlike. Inside the Dalek, there's a little, like, mushy little guy. Oh, okay, got you. Yeah, okay, but but yeah, the, yeah. the mechanical suit that he's in is not a Dalek. It's a no. humanoid. Correct. It's a giant. It's a giant. Correct. Yeah, shoots laser beams yeah. and He and rests whatnot. inside the cockpit within the torso of a large, bulky, powerful mechanical body. That's correct. And uh, he wreaks terror upon the citizens. Yes. He's of, bad. He's bad guy. He is bad. He is bad. He's trying bad. to take over <laughs> our world and our dimension. Uh, all right, so on a scale... The definition was straight from Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Cite your, he's cite your a, sources. He's a large man. He, he's a small brain inside a large android body. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're, we're all going to have our own podcast in jail, thanks to Tori and her plagiaristic talents. <laughs> Great job, bro. Um, Tori's superpower is uh, research, clearly. <laughs> Obviously. Tori, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, how, how much would you give Krang in the area of just badness 
I think he'd be pretty much pretty much a nine because like he keeps keep beating him and he doesn't stay dead. Whereas, he can't stay dead. Whereas he's like, an evil brain from Dimension exactly. X. Exactly. You can't can't keep a good brain down. <laughs> That's true. Because a mind is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> Or to put in the waist of a humanoid android robot. A large, bulky, powerful, mechanical body. That's well, as <laughs> well said. Well <laughs> said, Tori. <laughs> Nefri, tell me about Mega Maid. Well, what do you do with waste? You pick it up with the vacuum. That's true. <laughs> That's exactly what Mega Maid has, a giant vacuum. Mega Maid is the transformation of Spaceballs 1, performed by Kafka, <laughs> <laughs> and initiated by Dark Helmet. So explain to me what this is. So Spaceballs 1 is from the movie Spaceballs, and it's a giant spaceship, and basically pulls the Transformers into a giant metal maid. (laughs) And she has a giant vacuum cleaner that can pretty much suck up the atmosphere from an entire planet, including all the trees and air-giving things, So snow off of an entire mountain. Would you say, then, that having the atmosphere and trees sucked off of your planet is worse than having your planet blown up in a single shot a la Alderaan? I mean, it's, it's. I feel like it's a little... I mean, at least the Alderaan thing was nice and quick. I feel like you, you suffocate in the vacuum of space. No pun intended as far as vacuums go. Uh, it's pretty bad. That's okay. got to suck. So on a scale of That's 1 to 10, uh, <laughs> rank Mega Maid's badness. No, because Mega Maid can totally suck out Krang from the little little torso... Yeah, but she's got a she's got a self destruct button. She, why even? Oh, why? oh Mega Maid. They're talking about Krang. I'm like, is Krang she? That is that's true. That you know, so you can just uh, push the button and make Mega Maid blow up. Krang's uh, the best of both worlds. He's a brain and a large, bulky, powerful. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, well said. We're gonna, <laughs> All right. We're gonna leave it up to the people to decide um, exactly Krang, how this all evens out. You can vote for uh, the best thing ever on Krang. our social Mega media pages. Uh, thank you so much. Um, I think that this is the Krang perfect is time for us for to Tory. segue because <laughs> a vote for Mega Maid is a vote for hope. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the perfect time for us to segue into Nef News. <laughs> all right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nef News. Today's news is brought to you by Playbill Font for when you want anything to look like it's wanted, dead or alive. <laughs> Not like it's on a playbill. Not like it's a uh, on, on a with the six string uh, strapped to his yeah. back. All right, and here's <laughs> slow clap from Tori. <laughs> Thank you, New Jersey. That's good. All right, is that a Bon Jovi reference? It was a bunch of I wanted dead or alive. It's yeah, a yeah. song from their album <laughs> Slippery Wind. <laughs> I know. So here's your news in nerd culture this week. In movie news, Ridley Scott is in talks to create three more Alien Prometheus sequels and prequels, including the Prometheus sequel, Alien Covenant, which is set to release October 6, 2017. Much of the success of the first Prometheus film has been credited to the fantastic acting of Michael Fassbender, who has now become a nerd king, being Magneto in an Assassin's Creed, the Alien franchise 300, and for, the, uh, and for the Shakespearean nerds, Macbeth. Yeah, that bothers me. They had, they, had a, they had a guy named Neil Blomkamp who was going to direct an Aliens sequel, and they scrapped that for Ridley Scott. And that bothered me because I was really interested to see what Neil Blomkamp was going to bring to it. No, no, hey, Ridley Scott was the one that brought us the Alien universe. Oh, I know, but I wanted to see what somebody fresh and new would bring to it. Is there a joke that we're building up to here now? No, man, Fast Fender's just king of nerds now. <laughs> He's so, a nerd king. No, so you think that he has uh, usurped the 
original Magneto. You think that I he, think he's in that he's in that stratosphere now as far as like nerddom goes. He's building I'm up his saying, empire. I, I it's don't pretty know. tough to beat Magneto, Magneto and Gandalf. Yeah. yeah. But he isn't Gandalf. I'm just saying, I mean Ian Clellan may be the nerd king. Oh Unless, no. Oh I mean the respective realms, of course. Gotcha. Mm. Alright. In video game, anime, and manga news, the Attack on Titan video game has been given a Japan release date of February 2016 for PlayStation consoles, leaving many to believe that it is not long before it hits shelves in the US. The game is set to revolve around the first season of AOT, in which regular sized people fight off and kill giant titans by climbing up on them and stabbing them with swords. So, Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, man. <laughs> Love Shadow of the Colossus. So good. Figure that one get more last. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> tough crowd on the Neff News. <laughs> tough crowd. Tough crowd. Here's a chance to redeem it. In other video game news, the new DLC and season pass update for the game Batman Arkham Knight will include an all new Catwoman mission, Robin and Riddler themed Batmobile skins, as well as the skins for both Batman and the Batmobile based on the new movie Batman vs Superman Dawn of Justice. And the best part is, you don't have to pay $50 to get this downloadable content, unlike some games I know. I'm looking at you, Battlefront. Mm. Yeah, this episode of Nef News got real. Listen, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm tender about Battlefront. It's getting a lot of hate. I, I got Battlefront. I don't know if I mentioned that I got Battlefront. Uh, last time we had talked, I, I mentioned that I was hoping to get some games for my birthday, and I will mention this. I got Battlefront. Hey! I like Battlefront. It's super simple. There's nothing to Battlefront. It's just simplicity wrapped up in Star Wars. And man, isn't that what Star Wars is? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It, and but I don't know if I don't know how I feel about the. They're, they're going to have to show me some some really serious to make me get to double down on a purchasing of a video game. Yeah. And this has been Neff News. Have a nerdy today and a blessed tomorrow. Thank you, Neff. We appreciate the news. We are now up to the minute. Uh, so, yeah, I did get Battlefront. I, I've enjoyed it. I don't normally like playing video games online because I'm, I'm old school. I'm sort of like if you don't have somebody sitting next to you on the couch, you're not playing multiplayer. But Battlefront has been an enjoyable experience for me. I, I really started out bad at it. Kind of like I'm always at the bottom of the list of whatever team I am. I'm more of a liability than an asset. But as the game has gone on and I have progressed a little bit, I, I kind of hold my own. I typically break even. And I've had a really good time playing it. I, I enjoy the music. I enjoy the scenarios. I enjoy hidden little things that I've discovered throughout the levels, which is actually kind of cool. The other day I was fighting against my son, the Nerd of God Kid, and we were on Tatooine. And I found the Sarlacc Pit. I was like, what? what? That's, That's awesome. And That's you know cool. what I had to do immediately? Fly down into it. <laughs> so yeah. I did. I did jumped you, in the Sarlacc pit. Did you find Boba Fett? I did not, but I oh. died. I did die. Oh, have you guys seen the realism mod that they put on the PC version? No. It makes everything like the movie. Like, it's insanely good. Like, you know, the graphics are already fantastic on it, but it makes it look like you're in the movie. I think the graphics on it already look better than they, the uh, original trilogy. Oh, yeah, but I mean, it's... it's <laughs> It's like I saw the pictures and special it, edition notwithstanding. It looks like a video. It looks like somebody shot the shot at like a movie. Oh, I really enjoyed. So it. Good. I thought the game was really really great. The only thing I didn't care for most of the voices for the known characters uh, are really really poor. 
uh, whoever they got to do Darth Vader um, was it was just not yeah, great. Yeah, it it sounds very underwhelming. Uh, mm, Princess Leia very underwhelming. Uh, the one that they got really well was the Emperor. He sounded good and Admiral Akbar spot on. Chris. <laughs> It's a drop. It's a drop. That's it. That's it. Uh, so really, really good stuff. Uh, I enjoy that game. Plus, I also, on a in a treat yourself moment, went out and picked up Transformers Devastation. Yay! How's that? It is uh, fantastic. See, I saw you play a little bit on Thanksgiving, and it looks great. It, and that's really what it is. It, the the gameplay is very, very simple. It's repetitive. It's come around the corner, fight another another wave of villains. Go around the corner, fight another wave of villains. Uh, fight a boss, fight another wave of villains. There's a lot of characters in the game, and there I think there's four main levels, which are broken up into several sub-levels, but there is a, a copious amount of boss battles, and, and and each one is satisfying in its own way, and, and it's really interesting to fight against the characters that I really, really love and appreciated from the, my childhood, and they look and, for the most part, sound like they did in the 1980s cartoon. Right. Uh, the soundtrack is appropriate not bad but one of my favorite things to do i did this with dark knight uh with, with arkham knight is i will drop the soundtrack in the game and i will turn on my spotify on my ps4 because you can create you know you can play their music in the background right so i created a custom transformer soundtrack using Ooh. the vince DiCola music from the 1986 transformers the movie and then i made a discovery and you're never gonna believe me this is, sounds so dumb they made a game called Transformers Angry Birds, which just sounds like another opportunity for them to cash in, you know, take my 99 cents and sell me another iteration of Angry Birds, which I don't really want or need. However, the soundtrack to Angry Birds is amazing. The soundtrack <laughs> to Transformers Angry Birds actually done by Vince DiCola, hey. who did the Transformers the movie soundtrack, Whoa, the original funny. animated movie. And it sounds very, very perfect. So I took all the music from the original Transformers movie soundtrack. I threw in a couple of the big ones. So when I'm fighting against Megatron, I can play You Got the Touch by Stan ba, Bush. You know, da, 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 da. You, you got, got the, the touch. touch. Yeah. And uh, play You play got that. the power. One shall stand, one shall fall. You know that's that's Optimus. Yeah, that's, that's how I, you know that's how I, I roll. Uh, Transformers. I really geek out over Transformers. I, I, so I've been on a little bit of a Transformers kick. We actually put in the Blu-ray and watched the first Michael Bay Transformers movie. The first Bay Formers. The first Bay Transformers, and not bad, not bad. I it, mean, uh, I I liked the first one. It, 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 there were some stopped. moments was, where I thought, yeah. eh, but. Um, they, they th I think they did they did very well with the action and the with the characters. I thought the first one was enjoyable. The things that I don't like about it now are the things that in retrospect, in hindsight, I can see were the beginnings of the wrong direction for the franchise. Yeah. Was that more Bay than Spielberg? Uh, you no, know, it, was, it, was, it was good. There was a lot of heart to, to the movie, and I, mm -hmm. I didn't mind mm -hmm. it. I liked the characters. Um, I, I like Megatron. It was just just an enjoyable movie. I will never watch the second, third, or fourth one again. I, I actually liked Shia LaBeouf in that. Too. He was likable in the movie. Yeah. In the first one. In the to, first to, one. To, yeah, to me, it was, it was Shia LaBeouf. And best. Megan Fox yeah. was likable in the first one. I could not stand her in the second one. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was because she was too busy calling Michael Bay a, a Hitler. A communist. Uh, a Hitler. I think she called him Hitler. Oh, yeah. Cause or a Nazi or something. Well, Mr. Okay. Mr. Spielberg, Spielberg took a tremendous exception to that since he was <laughs> busy. You know, his, his main franchise character has been fighting Nazis since the early 80s and that's not a very good segue. I was going to ask what your favorite Transformer was. What my favorite Transformer is? Oh, dude, yeah. that's a hard... 
we're not even like on topic tonight, but I love Transformers so much. I want to just talk about this. Can, can, can I can I just pose a second part to that question? Instead of just your favorite Transformer, your favorite Autobot and your favorite Decepticon. <sighs> but I have two favorite Decepticons, and they're my two favorite out of all of them. Okay, well, you have to pick one. Uh, I'm going to go with Generation 1 Transformers. Uh, no Beast Wars, for the love of God, no Beast Wars. <laughs> no Bayformers. Uh, none of the weird like Transformers animated or anything like that. I'm just going to go with original G1 uh, TV series and 1986 movies, Transformers. Uh, I love Optimus Prime. I ain't even mad. I'm not trying to go for, like, he's the New York Yankees of Transformers. I get it. You pick him because he's the best and he wins, and everybody uh, might overlook him or discredit him for that. But Optimus Prime is a great, heroic, noble character. He is the King Arthur of modern mythology, uh, certainly in Transformers. Um, I really do have a soft spot in my heart for uh, two Decepticons, though. Uh, One, because I just really like his character. Uh, He's sort of played as a comic foil, but I love the duplicitousness of his nature and that he shows like layers of true evil because it's the, the, he, he belies the, the lack of unified bad guys. And that's Starscream. Uh, Starscream. Who's always got a a knife to, to Megatron's back. He's always waiting for his moment to strike and seize power. Uh, The ultimate example of villainy because Megatron was straight up boss and powerful, but Starscream was like slimy and sneaky and conniving, and Star- I really like that about Starscream. Starscream is one of one of the two Decepticons. Who's I'm the other one that's your favorite? The other one was the the, the cassette tape. Yeah, one. that's my other one too. Soundwave. Soundwave, dude. Soundwave was awesome. Soundwave His voice was, so was bad. That was that's dude. That's oh exactly it. When when oh I saw God, the Michael so Bay movie where they had Soundwave in it, I think it was the second one. What? It was he one was of the moment it? he was in it. You would never know. He was a satellite, and he was beaming some information, and they had him speak. And he spoke with just a regular Transformers y oh, kind of voice. Boo. But he did not use that really, really cool synthesized voice from the cartoon. Right. And I'm like, what a tremendous waste of opportunity because that was one of the coolest, most defining features of Soundwave. And then in mm-hmm. the Transformers 2 video game, they did have him speak like that. So they, they must have been aware of it, but they chose not to do it for the movie. And I hate Michael Bay. Uh, I hope <laughs> that he <laughs> comes to know Jesus because like if he doesn't, he will pay in eternity for what he's done. I, I had the same uh, Q, Q Lincoln Park very <laughs> very similar frustration with with what they did to Wheelie I really liked Wheelie in the movie yeah. and they made him like some like profane like New York guy instead of like a little kid I, uh, I yeah. didn't like that at all the, the things that they they talk about in the movies as far as profanity even in, in the first Transformers movie when Jazz introduces himself it's like why you gotta drop the B word Jazz have a little more class Scatman yeah. Crothers would have never done that <laughs> But I digress. We're going to take a, a little journey here into a place that I like to call the House of Ideas. Sorry. In tonight's House of Ideas, I'm going to give you guys just five minutes like we normally do. Put five minutes on the table and have you guys work out the perfect team of superheroes prepared for any eventuality. Uh, you are going to uh, make a list. Everyone gets to make their suggestions. I will be tallying your suggestions on my uh, magical board over here. And uh, as you guys make your suggestions, we're going to kind of justify, and then I'll give you a number that we have to whittle the team down to. So from the point that you get all of your must-haves on the board, then we'll have to eliminate them and come up with a superhero team. So we don't get our own, it's all one? Ever, it's all one team. So do we all give, give our own list first, then we try to... Yeah, let's go ahead and put it out there. there. I'll write down your list of people, and then we will uh, whittle it down to the number of slots we have available. Welcome to the House of Ideas. Okay, so like, all right, this is pre uh, uh, disclaimer. My knowledge of 
uh, uh, superheroes is limited to the movies that have come out in the past, you know, recently. So, like, I don't cut too deep with the comics and stuff. Cause right. I just don't, Iron Man's my favorite. Work with what you got. All right, we got an Iron Man well, from Tori. We Iron Man. I can, we Tony Stark. He's I can give you a full. I, I I have a full list and I of seven people and why and what they bring to the table. So if you guys are down to hear them, I got Green Lantern. Of course. <laughs> Because he brings the willpower, and I think he can he can pull his weight in the team, and he, he's not too back talky. Uh, Static shock, of course. What? You, you need to have that electro power in there. So you just put your two favorites. Hold on, this one top I two. Like okay? I'm gonna say it's a bad thing. I, just uh, I like static. My next one was Deadpool because he has a healing factor, so you can be one of those guys who can go in, guns blazing, and you know get back together at the end. Uh, my next one was Colossus because you need a strong guy. He's got that Omnium organic steel, you know, going on. Uh, Martian Manhunter, because he's got super, uh, super human, uh, Superman strength, telekinesis, invisibility, can face through walls, and he's got super speed, and he's a great leader. He's, I believe he was the leader of the Justice Society or Justice League. Sounds good. Yeah, let's not forget that he can shape shift. And then, yeah, exactly. And then I have Dr. Fate as a, they need a, a magician, just someone who can control that kind of stuff. And my last one is Black Panther, because he has the agility, strength, the money. He's a master of unarmed combat, and he's brilliant. So they have a, a very smart person. Sounds T'challa. like Batman. T'Challa. He's yeah. He's basically African Batman. Yeah. King okay. of Wakanda. All right. I had well, I mean, I have a okay. List. Tori, Tori gets Batman. I had, he was also on mine. It All was right. well, okay. Mine was Spider Man, Iron Man, and Batman because they're my three favorites. Why? Good job. Why, why do you? Why would they make a good team? No, they wouldn't make a good team. I missed the part where it was supposed to be a draft. I was just like, let's pick. No, I didn't. I knew that. It just wasn't. I like Storm. She's cool, too. So you're telling everybody that we gave you guys the idea of what you're doing for the House of Ideas ahead of time? No. But you just did? No, I didn't do that. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh All right. right, So why would would Spider-Man, Batman, and Iron Man be good on a team together? I think they'd have to figure it out first. Like, it would be difficult because the egos of... Tony Stark and uh, Bruce Wayne might conflict. Actually, Tony Stark just kind of conflicts with everybody. But I think between the, the three of them, they have the resources and the brain power to fix the thing. It's definitely a smart, uh, an intelligent yeah. team. Yeah. Stephen, who you got, buddy? Um, I have I have another list of seven too. Uh, Batman. So like Tori has, just I just don't think you can't not have Batman on the team. He's the guy. He's ready for yeah, everything. No Batman on his team. Yeah, I know. That's why he was missing. Um, I mean, Batman. Batman's ready for anything. He's the world's greatest detective, and he's just brilliant. Uh, then I have Phoenix. Uh, she's just super powerful, and don't make her angry because then she turns into Dark Phoenix, and she'll eat your planet. That's fair. Uh, I also have Martian Manhunter, like Neff, for the same reasons that Neff put. He's a beast. Um, I have Luke Cage because he's uh, he. You just you can't hurt him. He you know skin like steel. So similar to a Colossus in that in that respect. I did not. I did not have a healer person on my list, but I would have put Wolverine over yeah, Deadpool. Wolverine. I have um, to my list. There you go. She has Wolverine. I have Flash because I think you just need a speedster. Need someone that can be fast. Uh, Thor, just because you need a big, a big hitter, somebody that can just like call on something, and he's my personal favorite Marvel hero. And then I also have this is a little bit of a of an oddball, and he's sort of villain turned good guy is Siler from Heroes. 
explain to us what Siler's powers are? Uh, initially, Siler's power is he can look at something and just be able to see what makes it work. Cool. And as a villain, he used that to kill people with abilities and find the part in their brain that gives them their powers and then insert it into himself and huh. he gets their powers. So later on, so That's later cool. on, he becomes, you know, spoilers, he becomes like this like ultra powerful guy uh, that has all these powers and he turns good for a little bit. So, um, that's why I put Siler because he has all those different powers, but he can also kind of figure he, he's smart. He can figure how things work. So if there's like a bomb or something, he can dismantle it. No problem. Okay. So fantastic. Now we're going to do this. We're going to get this list whittled down to four, four people. Wow. So I'll hold the list up here so you can see it. Uh, everyone pick one person that needs to immediately be eliminated. Immediately be eliminated. Static shock. Everybody gets one veto. Neff. That's fair. Um, um, Neff. Probably Skyler. Siler. 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 Yeah. Sorry. And Tori. Hmm. Uh, what does Cage do? Uh, he's a hero he, for hire. But he's a hero for hire. But he is, he's like his skin is you can't like you can put like a he's a strong man he's a combat trained man of uh, peak human strength but he's bulletproof yeah so like you can shoot him and the bullet won't right. pierce his skin but just bullets right just, no everything his skin is impierceable oh aww okay. well, well Martian Manhunter has super speed keep going are we still vetoing yep we... Neff mm. probably Spider-Man Steven Dr. Fate I'm not trying to take your people Neff but no, that's okay that's, that's Tori fair. Um, let's get rid of Luke Cage. Okay. See, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten more people on the list. So, do two, one more, one more round of eliminations here, and then we'll uh, we'll debate the rest. Okay. So, do we really need Panther and Batman? No. So, I would say we could all probably say Panther would have to go. Yeah. Because you can't fair. take you that's can't. Yeah. Ha- Batman has to be yeah, on. Yeah, he's kind of gotta be there. Batman has to be on the list. Yeah, so, yeah, who's yeah. gonna take that one for it then? I'll, 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 I'll take Tori. Panther. Panther goes Okay. Tori? Also remind me what Colossus. Who is he? He's a big dude made of metal. Turns into metal. Turns into Omnium. metal. But we don't need him because he's got Iron Man. No, he already got a metal dude. Okay. Tori, Tori takes out Colossus. Steven? Um, I'm sorry, Neff. I'm going to have to say it. Green Lantern. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> I was like, I, I was saying it. I was rapping. I was like... It was between Green Lantern and Deadpool because I, I couldn't decide between Deadpool. All right, and so this is our list as it stands right now. This is our, our final uh, seven that we have on the list. That is Iron Man, Deadpool, The Martian Manhunter, Batman, Phoenix, Wolverine, and Thor. Now you've made some pretty harsh eliminations here. Um, what were you thinking when you eliminated Green Lantern, Stephen? I just yes, Stephen. <laughs> what were you thinking, man? I mean, I like Green Lantern. I like what he brings to the table. But I'm just thinking of with who else we have on there. I feel like he was one of the weaker ones. Okay, so you're telling me then that, that Green Lantern or Thor that you're putting your money on Thor over Green Lantern? Personally, yes. Okay, uh, it's his favorite though. <laughs> I, and I understand that that's your favorite. I, I don't know that I would have agreed with that decision. Um, Green Lantern over um, over Deadpool. That was who I was deciding between. And honestly, if I could go back, I probably should have said Phoenix. Now that I'm looking, I forgot Phoenix was on there. Uh, but yeah, I was deciding between Phoenix or Green Lantern and Deadpool. See, I think that Green Lantern would have been a little bit more advantageous for uh, 
for combat reasons, for resources. Yeah. Uh, he has a tremendous amount of power. So don't underestimate Green Lantern just because he's in a Can I make a retraction? Can we put Green Lantern on there take off uh, Deadpool? I don't yes. think I can. Please. Um, all right. <laughs> last round. Here, take another marker, man. Take last marker, <laughs> last round of eliminations. <laughs> uh, everyone else gets to take one more person off. Who do we got? Got to take, got to take, get down to four. Well, we got to take two off if we're going to get down to four. There's six people left. No, I thought that. Yeah, three. <laughs> Math is hard. Sorry. Uh, I'll take Phoenix off. I'll take, I'll take Martian Man. Oh, hey, oh, oh, no, 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 I have to wow. debate this. Boo! Jeez. All right, that's, that's her, the wrong move. That's her oh, move. Sorry. No, what are you doing? That's her move. We put, two people put that up. Oh, Jeez. our team is going to lose now. <laughs> Good job, Tori. Cheesy. Oh. Oh. Working with an amateur here. <laughs> what are you doing? All right, who's uh, Steven? Oh. I think you still have one. I want, well, Can crap. he save Marshall Manhunter? Can I save Marshall Manhunter? <laughs> Please. Oh, God. It seems like they're turning against you. Do you want to uh, Do you want to change your vote or are you sticking to your guns? I don't, he's the only one I don't know. Marshall Manhunter is awesome. Just because you don't know him? <laughs> Who would you? Yes, that's literally all I'm going on. <laughs> who, who would Jeez. you? Who would you? Um, who would you get rid of if you had to keep Martian Manhunter on there? If they vetoed you. Oh, that's, uh, fine, Wolverine. Get rid of Wolverine. I'll, I'll take that one because he was, well, I was the one I put on there. I would there. pick Wolverine over Deadpool. I don't know. I like Deadpool. Personally, I would pick Wolverine over. I don't Deadpool. need you guys. Deadpool beat Wolverine one time. One time. All right, so we're putting back Martian Manhunter, and uh, we're getting rid of Wolverine. We have got to get rid of one more. Uh, who's who's John? Steven, pull the trigger. <sighs> well, I'm not really happy with who we'll have left. Um, I'm going to have to say Iron Man. No. Good call. That's a good call. That's uh, and that's not just because Tori tried to get rid of Martian Manhunter. Yeah, just I with did. who was left, you already have uh, Batman. Uh, uh, billionaire, genius, philanthropist, playboy with Batman, uh, but I don't think you can have Batman and Iron Man on the same team. All right, so right now, finish. our team as it stands okay. is Deadpool, the Martian Manhunter, mm. Batman, and Thor. That's an awesome team. <laughs> Plus, three more people. Oh. Not, that were not on the list. It's <laughs> like, so, can we get uh, Green Lantern? We've got Al Jordan, John Stewart, someone with teleportation powers, someone with time control powers, and someone <laughs> with the ability to see something and mimic it immediately. We've got Steven, Tori, and Neff on our yeah! side. Yeah! So this is our, our seven. We've got Deadpool, the Martian Manhunter, Batman, Thor, Steven, Tori, and Neff. Please make a picture of that. Please do that. <laughs> oh, a drawing of all this of all our characters here. All right, so uh, that is our House of Ideas. That is our perfect superhero dream team. Uh, I cannot wait to see the Twitter page blow up with people uh, having fan rage at this one. Why did you get rid of Dr. Fate? Uh, I would have gotten rid of Dr. Fate, too. Yeah, I would have, too. Well, <laughs> That's I had why him I on did. my team because I needed a magic person. Because if you go against Why didn't magic you go with, like, Doctor ne Strange? Now, Neff definitely or... put some thought into it. Cool, he's going to default to DC. you yeah. got to understand yeah. that. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that he threw Colossus and Deadpool on there. But he uh, Neff, Neff defaults to DC, and I think he I mean, had a very well-thought-out well and balanced team. Um I, I don't, a, I, I don't I know need, where you got seven from. That was an interesting number to I, pick from. I had to that, figure that's out okay. the leaders. That was the hard part because I knew I needed a leader because so, everybody else was kind of ragtag. This is what we're going to do. And, and this is no longer part of the House of Ideas. This is just kind of a second little fun moment that we have. I have uh, 
a device that I came up with. It's a random list. Uh, we play this game with the students. Uh, we created a superheroes game where everyone created their own powers and their own character card. And uh, then I threw this randomized list of foes and obstacles at them. And we saw who survived their list. So I'm going to throw uh, some obstacles at our team and we're going to see who survives the obstacle if your team can survive the random onslaught that my iphone can muster are you prepared yeah sure I'm all right die. <laughs> the random item is this your enemies have worn lead vests do any of these characters have x-ray vision no no all right then you survive a bus falls on you Anyone here who does not have super strength is now dead. I'm but dead. No, Nest's dead. Tori's dead. Tori? I, worked, I worked out of the way. Batman Tori. didn't die. Did Batman die? Uh, well. We eliminate Batman. Dang. Well, Batman could have Batman just Batman. got killed by a bus. We That's eliminate sad. Steven. We eliminate Neff and Tori. All the humans. I worked out of the way. I, I use my time to slow it's it down. Super to get strength out of the has way. nothing to do with the warp. Tori warps out of the way. Neff uses his time stop to save the day. No, the the thing was Thor, super strength. Thor, Manhunter has super strength. Does Deadpool wait, wait, have wait, super strength? Wait, wait, if 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 Steven can mimic my stuff, can he mimic like me stopping time and get out of the way? No, the I can't time? mimic powers. I can mimic. No, I can and mimic then Deadpool abilities. has regeneration power, so we're gonna say that he survives this round. Let's see what's next. Software virus and your firmware. If you have advanced technology as one of your powers, you're out. So that would have taken out Batman anyway, uh, or certainly Iron Man. Everybody else seems to be safe. Hydra infiltrates. If you are a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, you are affiliated with S.H.I.E.L.D., you are out. You give up your healing factor to be with the one you love. If you have a healing factor, you are no longer part of the team. Ooh, Goodbye, Deadpool. He went to be with Lady Death. That's kind of nice. Um, multiverse temporal paradox. You accidentally kill your own ancestor. If you are a time traveler, you die. Oh, no. Snap. Sorry, Neff. Our team is now down to the Martian Manhunter, <laughs> Thor, and Tori line. <laughs> Who would have thought that Tori would still be here? All right, we're going to do three more rounds. She didn't even we'll like Martian Manhunter. Now it's awkward. <laughs> Martian Manhunter is like, what did you do? Why were you trying to get rid of me? The two that All right. back. Oh, God. <laughs> The mutant registration fact, uh, fa mutant registration act is enacted. If you are a mutant, you are out. Mutants here. Um, Arkham Asylum inmates escape. If you are affiliated with Batman at all, you are out. <laughs> Batman would've been gone there too. Batman is gone too. You accidentally phase into the middle of a mountain. If you have int intangibility, you are out. Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter. Dang. Oh, uh, it's me and Thor. One, one last, one last it's, one. It's okay. Thory. It's Thory. <laughs> <laughs> Thory coins. <laughs> you should have listened to Edna Mode. You're wearing a cape. You are dead. Did Tori just outlive everybody? <laughs> and we have one last hero standing at the end oh of this thing. My goodness. And it is Tori. The teleporting tomato Tori line. What's that up in the sky? It's a it's a grape. No, it's, it's a melon. No, it's, it's teleporting tomato. tomato. What? It's a, it's a, it's a tomato. 
Tori Line is the world's greatest superhero. Oh, goodness. My mom always told me I was made for greatness. She, Look at what's happening. She punches to someone me. in the face and says, hey, catch up. Congratulations. Congratulations. There goes Tori. another puppy. Thanks. You are, you are wonderful and you we're, survive. We're oh, losing yay. puppies left and right. So that brings us to uh, our hero's journey for tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about what makes someone a hero. If you had to give me uh, just sort of a real quick brief description of what it is that makes someone a hero, how would you describe that to me? How would you tell someone who'd never heard the word hero before what a hero is? Someone who's brave. I mean, that's kind of the default, but... Okay. Or has courage. Courage. Someone who sacrifices their comfort uh, to save either the greater good or save somebody for... Little to no reward. Okay, sacrificial. Steven? Um, to quote, uh, a hero kills people, people that wish him harm. A hero's part human and part supernatural. A hero is born out of childhood trauma or out of disaster and must be avenged. Thank you, Dwight Truth. <laughs> uh, but no, a hero, I would say, is a somebody who uh, accepts the call that is given to them and they... And, and they pursue it even if it's something that they necessarily don't want or don't think that they can do. Okay. Um, I, I think that I would agree with all of those things. Uh, when I look at the different heroes that we sort of uh, hold up in our culture, whether it's Captain America or Spider-Man or uh, in more realistic life, we think about uh, soldiers, you know, servicemen and women and, and firefighters. firefighters and doctors and policemen. You know, when we think about the heroism that they show, uh, what is it that, that unites them? Is it the courage? Is it the sacrifice? Uh, is it that they kill bad people? <laughs> what is it, what is it that, uh, that we see in their lives that, that say that person is a hero? I think it's a little bit of self-sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Like some that... Uh... Be brave enough to sacrifice. Do you think that that maybe what makes someone a hero is their willingness to do something that most people would not do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think when we see someone and we say that person is a true hero, there's something about their actions that that we find admirable or enviable, or we see them and and I think for the most part, when you're playing a video game, there's a lot more NPCs than there are playable characters when, when you go through an adventure like skyrim or like zelda uh, you you see that there's all these villagers and there's all these people that they're always scared of you know there's strange rumblings up on death mountain what are we going to do but there's only one who picks up the sword and the shield and goes up there to you know face danger impending and i think that when we see somebody do something heroic whether it's through mythology or whether it's through the stories that we enjoy we somehow envy those people or we somehow admire them or recognize that the things and the tasks that they're undertaking are uh, more than what most of us would or even could. And I think that's one of the things that causes us to see someone perhaps as a hero. Uh, when we describe Superman, I think that Superman is sort of our paragon of modern day mythological heroes. Yeah. What is it that we use to describe Superman? We say he's faster than a speeding bullet more powerful than a steaming locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. And, and we see a the... Frog. It's, what? A frog. <laughs> no, not bird, nor plane, no, even frog. It's just little old me, underdog. Oh. Gold star. That was good. That was Thank good. You. Well done. That puppy. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so we have we have these things that we see in the life of a hero, and there's a a, a literary parallel here uh, that's something Joseph Campbell wrote about in the early part of the 20th century called The Hero's Journey. Have you guys heard of this? Yeah. Yes. Uh, how familiar are you with The Hero's Journey? Tell me what your understanding of it is. Well, I've learned it in ninth grade, so it's been a while. <laughs> hey. Ninth grade for you is far more recent than ninth grade for me. Good point. Yeah. Um, I mean, is it too redundant to say it's the journey that the hero goes on? Yes. Where he come, it's I a mean, literary yes. device that describes the growth process of a heroic character. Right, yeah, and I think that's a little bit more... It's, it's, it's an archetype. It's a, a pattern that a lot of different stories... A blueprint. Uh, it's a blueprint. It's something that, for whether it's by design or whether it's just by human nature, um, when, when I think that Joseph Campbell uh, is compared a lot of times to uh, the Jungian archetypes where they say that there's certain things that show up in all of our stories and all of our mythology because there's something that we all just kind of share inherently in our DNA. And uh, Jung would call it the collective unconscious of humanity, that we all sort of share these thoughts and ideals and when Joseph Campbell lays this out uh, in the hero's journey he sets out a pattern that most stories follow and I think that it's pretty staggering when you look at the stories that we listen to and that we read and that we watch that we see a lot of these elements come up over and over and over again so now that we kind of know what it is let's let's open it up and see some of the elements of what it is what the what the hero's journey is, is comprised of I mean, from from what I remember and what I understand, uh, you have a hero who would be like at home or, or where he's from and it, where his origin would take place. And then there's a call to an adventure. Then he accepts the call, uh, goes through the adventure. There's a conflict or a villain, uh, overcomes the villain, and then you have the ending and the celebration. I don't know if that's 100% correct. That's just my recollection. You of, got the first The first part is pretty pretty accurate. Neff, what do you got, Blaine? Um, well, I know it starts off with you get the character, and then there's a call to action, and then... By reading it online, you're no better than Tori and her Krang stories from earlier. <laughs> Mine was from the brain, Neff. Yeah, Stephen had it right. It opens up in a scenario that they would call the ordinary world. It's, it's exactly what it says. For the ups and downs, the hero is unaware that there's a larger picture uh, around the, them. Uh, but the hero is typically a sympathetic character, someone that we can relate to as an audience. Uh, Luke Skywalker. Luke, Luke Skywalker is a perfect mm -hmm. example for it. Not Anakin. Uh, now, and <laughs> Not there's, usually, there's usually some kind of stress or some kind of uh, pull in the uh, main character's life uh, that's causing stress, causing tension. Uh, and then we have the initiation, the call to adventure something happens that shakes up the situation and calls uh, this person from you know the the ordinary everyday life into an uncomfortable situation uh, and the the hero has to sort of face the challenges of uh, the obstacles the change um, usually what you'll see is an initial refusal of the call that the the main character will sort of oh no this isn't uh, this isn't what I want to do this isn't the right thing I'm just I just want to stay here one more season moisture farming I just want to go to Tashi station with my friends it's a power converter <laughs> Uh, but then through the meeting with a mentor, uh, and I guess we're using the Star Wars paradigm now, uh, yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi, 
they're such a good example. Like it's a great example. It's almost <laughs> like it's a perfect example. It's almost like George Lucas just copied this book and yeah. plugged names and numbers into it. Uh, the hero's the journey. Huh? Yeah, the, the hero's going to come across with someone who's like an older character, a worldly, worldly traveler or mentor or sage character who's going to give them training or tools or Which motivation. Ben Kenobi and then Yoda. Ben Kenobi more so, I think, yeah. is, is the, the, the example here. Um, and then there's the, the crossing of the threshold, sort of the end of the first act. The hero finally has to take that step and, and leave the ordinary world and enters into uh, the new frontier. You've taken your first step into a larger world, you know, as Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, set. It's taken off on the Millennium Falcon. Indeed. So you have uh, then kind of closing out the first act, you have tests and allies and enemies, uh, you know, see how this whole thing plays out and there's tests and allegiances and whatnot. Um, the approach where the hero and the allies prepare for the major challenge in what's called the special world. The special world is where the action takes place. It's not the ordinary anymore. It's not the mundane. Uh, moving along to the ordeal, this is kind of at the middle of the story. It's like now some serious stuff is happening and, and we've got to face a life or death situation. We've got to face uh, our greatest fear. We have to, you know, commit to go beyond what we can do. Cause I think that's what, where heroism comes in is going as far as you can go. And then going a little further, giving your very, very best. And then giving a little bit more doing everything that's possible. And then finding something within you to do a little bit more. Um, and afterwards, after the ordeal, there's a reward. Uh, the hero receives a treasure for facing death, some kind of a, you know, yay, token trophy there might be a celebration but the treasure isn't on lock the treasure is still in danger of being lost again um the road back and this is kind of in the last 75 percent uh the hero is driven to complete the adventure uh leaving this special world and going back to the ordinary world bringing the treasure home um and then at the climax of the story is something called the resurrection the hero is basically challenged and tested once more kind of at the at the last possible moment um, on the threshold of home and there's a sacrifice there's a, a cost that has to be given and a moment of symbolic or literal death and rebirth uh, but kind of on a more complete level than in the original challenge uh, and then by what the hero does all of those stresses and kind of polarities and the conflicts in their life at the beginning of the story are finally sort of resolved and then the hero returns it says return with the elixir on my list here the the hero returns home or continues the journey depending on you know sequel options uh and and there's something about that power that has brought some transformative that treasure that has brought something transformative to the world or to the life around them so you see these elements in all kinds of different stories what do you, what do you see uh i mean star wars is a great example another one that comes up is um, the matrix uh Morpheus and Neo as the mentor and the hero and you know I've got to leave the ordinary world I've got to go into uh, different things you see it in Harry Potter you know and you see it in Hercules uh, Hercules Hercules is a you know classic example of it you see it in um, the Lord of the Rings you know there and and, and all of the different stories that you see you even see it in in things like Spider-Man you know where the mentor becomes someone like uh, Uncle Ben you know, mm -hmm. with great power comes great responsibility. And tell me, tell me how how you think this fits in with um, with your personal hero of choice. 
in your own the hero of journey that you sort of um, idolize. Not not necessarily even a superhero, but someone that you think of as a, a hero. If it's Frodo or so, I I am going to be super predictable and go back to my my home, uh, Legend of Zelda, is of course um, because. Link, I grew up with, I didn't, yeah, I grew up with Link. He was, like, the hero I actually got to, to, like, grow with, I feel like. You know, every time he had a victory, I did, too. Um, so he was, and he was literally, like, the Zelda games are literally, like, Link is always the hero of X, Y, or Z. He's, like, there's no subtlety concerning it. Hero of time. Yeah, hero of time, hero, hero of, of winds, hero Someone of Someone give that twilight. boy a green tunic. Yeah, exactly, you know, and just <laughs> hand it out. And, and, I, and I thought about it, and I'm like, that's really kind of, you know, not, not exactly creative, but I think that one of the, and it's interesting because this time it's a duo, um, I thought that Link and Midna in The Twilight Princess mm-hmm. were a really good example of, of this kind of... Um, archetype because I, I looked it up so I could figure out, you know, I could match it up. And between the two of them, they really uh, fit the mold because that Link is the oldest Link and he ha- he's like already in his world. He's kind of an adult and he has a job. So he's in like that ordinary world and he has a, a task he has to go do and he accidentally falls into this much bigger story that Midna is kind of like the antagonist but also the protagonist of and she's the one who kind of spoilers she's like she refuses the call where Link is just kind of like he has to go because he's stuck with her and you know she refuses she definitely has a resurrection thing I have to go because I'm player one yeah exactly right so like Link like someone's controlling me Link doesn't necessarily always fit because you know he has to so that's why I thought that Midna definitely added an interesting layer of heroism because she does help she's an integral part in saving the day she has like the resurrection and she uh, you know drives the story forward and I thought that between the two of them they were a good a really good example of bringing the world back to its going through all of the ordeals and, and the growth I guess to bring everything back to life. One of the things at the end when it talks about the uh, the road back, going from the ordeal to the resurrection. I always think about fighting Ganon, Ganondorf yeah. at the end of the game. Yep. You always kill him, and then you think you're getting out, yeah, exactly. and he comes back. Yep. Yeah. You gotta fight him again. And Midna dies like twice almost. Like she is like one of those integral. I don't know. I thought, literally speaking, literary, literally, Twilight Princess was definitely a very storybook esque uh, plot that I thought spelled out this this archetype well yeah i think that's a that's a good good observation what do you think steve um i would have to say samwise from lord of the rings you love samwise so much. i do love samwise he's my he is my favorite character do you see samwise as being the hero on the hero's journey here uh i do and i think they am i mean in my opinion i think he's actually the unspoken main character of lord of the rings that's 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 big words buddy um Back, back that up uh, just for the main character thing, uh, I think he has the most growth out of any of the characters. And also, at the end, and most of my knowledge, and by most of it, I mean all my knowledge is from the movies. I did not read the books. But, um, I mean, the movie ends with him going and having a family. Like, it, it, it doesn't follow Frodo at the end, it doesn't follow Bilbo, it doesn't follow Mary Pippin or Gandalf, but it follows him to the end. And,. I, I just think he has the most growth. He uh, He's the reason why everything ends up happening. Uh, even though Frodo is 
the guy who has to hold the burden, he doesn't get it done without Samwise. Uh, and that's probably more so for the hero thing. I mean, Samwise is a simple gardener. Frodo wants to wants there to be something else. Sam is happy just being a gardener, uh, but he gets tasks by tasked by Gandalf to help out Frodo, and that's what he does. Samwise isn't a fighter, but he'll fight and defend Frodo to the death. Uh, so much so that I mean, there's even a part where uh, Frodo's taken by orcs, and Samwise fights those orcs and kills them. And he also uh, has the ring, and he doesn't succumb to the power of the ring like Frodo does. I think that gives that gives Samwise maybe the edge as a uh, an admirable character, or uh, some somehow a, a character that maybe has more virtue, a more virtuous character. But I don't think that puts him in the seat of the main character of the story. I'm gonna have to, yeah, because I, after talking, because I discussed with you earlier, I think Aragorn is definitely a main hero in that story. Also, I think. You're I mean, he. I mean, I. I just. I. I say Samwise is the main one. I don't. I, I think that Samwise might be the most heroic character, but he is. I would agree that he is not the hero of the story, because you said it yourself. Gandalf tasked Sam to help Frodo, so Sam fits into a helper role. He's a motivator, but Sam doesn't have a refusal of the call. Sam is immediately a get-along guy. I'm, I'm a blind, loyal follower. Samwise, forgive me for this because I love Sam, but Sam is Frodo's dog. He, he, is, the, he is the dog character. If you're looking at the, the heroic journey and you've got sort of your loyal animal, he is, he is the epona of the, of the story. He is the the with me as always, and he's great at it, but he's loyal and obedient and subservient and so and and, and wonderful at all of those things. And I love Sam. And I I like he, Sam is far more likable than Frodo. Oh, yeah. Far, far more yeah. likable think- than Frodo. But he uh, of the Han and Chewie, you just gotta know which one's the pet. I, yes, but without Samwise, the Sauron not. does not it, it, fall. It, it matters not. Well, I, I, I say you, it no, does. It, it it doesn't matter from the perspective of the narrative plot. Samwise is definitely key to the story. But without Boromir, nobody gets out. You know, everybody has a role to play. Without Gollum, they don't make it. But Gollum is not the main character of the story. I, I also think it's important to note that he doesn't necessarily have the resurrection and, and the... And that the specific journey that the hero, quote unquote, would have to go through, he's almost like a because he's so loyal, he's not flawed enough to be the hero. That and I think that's, do you know that's what I mean? It. Like Frodo or Aragorn or whoever, you know, they the hero definitely requires a flaw. It requires like, you know, it's not me. They need the mentor. Sam didn't need a mentor. He uh, when, and when anything, you come back, you know. Sam is is not transformed. He's the best. Yeah. He's the best version of himself because he started out. Awesome. But he, but his his goals and desires and motivations are all exactly the same as they were when they when he left the Shire. He just wanted to go dance with Rosie, Mister Frodo, and and he and he got what he wanted because he was good, good dog. But the main character of the story, he does not walk away transformed because of the ordeal. Uh, perhaps a bit more road weary, perhaps a bit more somber, but uh, he got what he wanted. Happy ending. Uh, but no transformation. Samwise is a uh, a static character, not a dynamic character. He's, he's like too. Good and I to love him. Hero. I love him. I, I feel like you're getting you're getting tense about this. I am because you're telling me that I'm wrong. That's what I mean. 
it's I, frustrating because I, I put a lot of time and thought into this, and then you're like, yeah, no, you're wrong. Your guy's not it. It's another guy in the story, and I don't I disagree with you guys still with, okay. with well, everything well, you're telling well, me. Well, walk us through this, Tenderfoot. I mean, I mean, yeah, Sam doesn't have that big of a transfer, transformation, but I still think that Sam is the is the most integral part of that story, and Sam is not a fighter. Aragorn uh, Strider is a fighter. He's a warrior, so he has a emotional and a responsible transformation, but he's still the same as at the end of that. Frodo wanted adventure, so Frodo wanted to go out and do that. He didn't really have any kind of call. Sam didn't want to go out. Sam Sam would have been fine staying back in the Shire. Sam wanted to be back in the Shire. Yeah, Frodo missed it eventually, but Frodo always had his head in the clouds, always wanted to be like his Uncle Bilbo. Until there was a ring in his hand, and he didn't want it. First thing he did was try to give it back to Gandalf. Take this from me. I don't want it. Yes, and then he, but then he eventually succumbs to it. So Frodo's not the hero. Frodo goes back. Hey, Galadriel, take this from me. I don't want. I mean, it. I get, I, I get that. He he refuses the call of the ring because he's terrified. But, but he's that still, is the quest. The ring is the quest, and he, he fails. He fails point, without Samwise. But even Samwise is a utility character, but he is not the main character. He's a utility character who helps them to utilize his abilities and his skills to get to the end of the story. And that by no means downplays Sam's Certainly role in not. the story. Certainly he is not. you are right. He is one hundred percent integral to the to the completion of the quest. But even beyond Aragorn, Frodo is the main character of the story. By the last arc of the no, story, but... what is what what is Aragorn doing? Once in the once they have saved Gondor, once they've they've saved humanity, what's the last thing that Aragorn does? He runs defense for Frodo. Frodo is the main character. All of their hope lies in Yeah, but Frodo doesn't but Frodo doesn't he's not the hero of the story though. Frodo succumbs to the power of the ring. Frodo was willing to die because of the ring. He wasn't willing to die to destroy the ring. He was willing to die to save the ring. Without Sam, Sauron wins. To me that makes him the hero. Without Sam saying, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you takes him up there and then tries his darndest to stop Frodo from doing it. If it had not been for Gollum binding off Frodo's fingers, everything would have gone to crap. If Samwise was not a hobbit, but he was a dog, would the story have changed? If if Sam was a loyal St. Bernard, could he have not picked him up in his in his jaws? And carried him to the fires of Mount Doom. You can like use that for every dog. for everybody in in the story. If, if Frodo was a dog, would, yeah. this, would it, the story have happened? Yeah, tie the thing to his paw. I mean, you can do the same no, thing. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. No, it, I disagree. I, I disagree wholeheartedly okay. with both of you. Anyone out there who thinks that uh, that I am way way off base and that Frodo is not in fact the hero of the story, but a uh, I mean I mean I'm I'm not trying to keep the argument going, but just for the fact that Frodo succumbs to the power of the ring, that automatically disqualifies him from being the hero of the story. He's still a great part of the story and he's integral, and without without him, nothing else happens. But He's not the hero of the story because he fall he falls into he falls into the trap that was laid because of the ring. He's no better than Isildur. He's no better than Gollum. Hmm. That's I mean I mean that's what happens. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to put down the the, the disagree boot on this one, man, and tell you I disagree with you. I think that that Frodo, how could Frodo struggling, ha- indicates the tremendous power of the ring. But it, it does not necessarily indicate the weakness of Frodo. But w- but when did he when did he change from I want this ring to you know what let me throw it in here he didn't 
he didn't. I think I think you're missing like the that aspect of Frodo that's part of the hero's journey. Like, yeah, but the, the hero doesn't the, fail though. The he, the hero the hero doesn't he go evil. Didn't, he didn't Fro- go evil. He he, just... he tried to he tried to he wanted to keep the ring. He sent Sam away. Frodo Frodo is not the good guy at the end of that story until he's away from until the ring is destroyed. He is not he is not the good guy. Neff, what do you think, buddy? I want this conversation to stop. <laughs> Please. Make it stop. Please. I hate it when mom and dad I fell asleep twice. I fell asleep twice during that conversation. <laughs> Goodness gracious. All right, well, well, we'll have to agree to disagree. And uh, and I, I appreciate your input. Very well thought out. Uh, and uh, yeah, but You're telling me I'm wrong, though. That's the... Oh, my goodness. I will... What? Turn this jump out around. that window. <laughs> that window is not nearly big enough for you. <laughs> I'm gonna jump None through that window. Then I'm gonna break that window. Neff, what do you have? I have Finding Nemo, and I think it has two characters that kind of combine, which would be Nemo and Marlin. Uh, I think. Wait that- a second. So you mean that two characters going on a journey together can be a combination? <laughs> Well, then, the well, that is, solves everybody's problem. Well, it was like it was parallel. And that's what I said. But they were parallel <laughs> stories. That was the thing, like, because Marlin at first he was very protective of Nemo. Beginning, that was kind of his thing. And then when Nemo went off, he was kind of scared to go out into the ocean because he didn't know what to do. He was freaking out. And then he finds Dory, which is kind of his sidekick. You know, the person who goes through the whole story with. And then later on. You got that moment where he's got to go through all this stuff, the sharks, all that kind of stuff. Would you or would you not say then that Samwise Gamgee is the Dory of Lord of the Rings? I don't want to say anything <laughs> about anything ever again. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> so they go through all the obstacles, and then the last thing that's kind of like the resurrection thing is when um, they got the they get uh, they get Nemo, and they're going and trying to go home, but then they get caught in the the, the, the tuna net or whatever it is. Uh, it's uh, uh, Dory and, and Nemo both get caught in the tuna net, and then they finally get out, and it looks like Nemo's dead. <laughs> but it turns out he's, he's resurrection. Like, resurrection. <laughs> Disney resurrection. And then, um, and then Mar- Merlin, uh, or is it Marlin? No, Marlin. it's Marlin. Marlin. It's Marlin. He, uh, you know, he he's not as protective, but he still watches about us. He still cares about his son. Mm-hmm. He's very, he's a lot looser and more social, which is kind of cool. So there's definitely character development from the beginning of the story to the end of the story, and he definitely goes out of his known, you know, reef and his little anemone into, uh, you know, the big blue ocean. So who would the mentor be on these two different journeys? See, in as far as Nemo's, it would be, um, uh, was it Gil? Gil, yeah. Yeah, Gil, because he kind of gave them all, he was kind of like holding, helping him out mm-hmm. while they were in the, the tank. So who is Marlon's mentor? Marlon's mentor. Crush. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think, I think you're right. No, Crush really? is definitely, definitely oh, Crush okay. definitely has Because that. the transformational moment yeah, in, is when he talks in Marlon's crush. life is trust your little one. You know, let's yeah. see what little little man can do. Cuckoo-cuckoo-choo. You know? way back to the big old blue. Yeah, you know, like sometimes you got to let him, you know, so he, he gives him that sort of inspirational I'm, I'm, moment. And, and even, a, even Dory kind of shows him, like as far as social interaction, she shows him to be more lighthearted, like with the the school of fish that are trying to tell him where Sydney is. Yeah. You know, she's acting all nice to them, and Marlon's all kind of like grumpy, and because he's like so closed in in his own little mind because of what happened to his wife. Mm-hmm. It's like that kind of like the interaction that he sees with her. He kind of ends up having at the end of the movie where he's a lot lighter. She kind of shows him how to be lighter. Sure. You know? 
And there's certainly transformational elements that take place beyond just sort of the hero and the mentor. Right. Uh, we see the same thing happen in Lord of the Rings between, like, say, Legolas and Gimli, where that happens. And you see the edginess that they show towards one another become brotherhood over the case, mm-hmm. uh, over the course of the story. And, uh, you know, different things like that. So that's sort of the hero's journey. Now, now let me transition this into something that hopefully we can all discuss and still be friends at the end of. Um, let's talk about the hero's journey in the Bible. Because if if this is something that's true to form, then we should be able to see examples of the hero's journey throughout the Bible. If the Bible, which from a secular point of view is seen as another form of uh, storytelling, uh, albeit an ancient one, it should somehow conform to this archetype of the hero's journey. And I want to see if you guys can think of examples to prove or disprove that in Bible stories. What do you got? Go for I, it. I'm sorry, because we just we discussed it. Our uh, pastor John, um, he um, he discussed the story of Hosea, the or the prophet, and um, he did. I, I think that's an interesting story because the mentor would be God because he's talking to God the whole time and he's the one who kind of like shows him everything that's going on. But he goes from, you know, he follows God through the things from his comfort zone, marries a prostitute, and. He goes through all the struggles with her because of her unfaithfulness, but then he comes out of it and he understands when, like at the end, I he he was saying uh, it was an auctioneer and he found her and he ended up buying her and keeping her even though she had run away and done all this stuff to him and he kind of developed into a character who understood what God was going through. I thought that was kind of a cool, you know, turnaround between like not understanding to understanding. That's the development. Interesting way to look at it. Very good. And um, his love for his wife, the way he saw his wife. Yeah, which is a, a shadow. It's sort of a symbol, a symbolic representation of the way that God loves us. And, and that's the the call was to marry her, and he obviously was hesitant about that as well. Okay, what do you, what do you guys think? Do you have any input on something from from a biblical perspective, a biblical worldview, uh, where a character follows the hero's journey, or something in the in the story from God's word? I would say King David. Yeah, that's probably that's probably the layup there, man. I I think like as when I was thinking about it, I think that that one's like the clearest cut example. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Walk us through it. I mean, David starts off as you know just a little shepherd. He's the run of the family, uh, and then Samuel comes and anoints him uh, to be king, uh, but he's not king immediately. Uh, he starts off as a cheese boy, giving you know cheese to his brothers who are in the army when you know he hears the taunts of Goliath, and then kills Goliath. And then works his way up through Saul's army, uh, facing Saul, who tries to kill him, because Saul knows that this guy is going to be the end of him. But he never takes the bad route and tries to kill Saul. You know, he just lets things play out the way God wants him to be, and then he eventually becomes king. Okay, that's a quick story. And 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 he's got like the the death like. Not death, but he like sins and falls, and then he like kind of comes back. Yeah, makes it better. That's, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Okay, I think that that loosely conforms to the to the hero's journey. Um, who was the who's the mentor? Samuel. Samuel. <laughs> okay. I, I don't. It's harder than you think. Yeah, because like, it's not always a happy ending. No. And and like, it requires to an extent some flaws, because like you could say Jesus, but did he ever really refuse the call? 
and he's obviously like the prime example of like the resurrection and and that kind of and obviously but like he was i don't know i guess he's the hero yeah jesus is the hero he's always a hero when does he leave the ordinary world when he goes what's jesus's call to adventure when does he refuse the call who is jesus's mentor I think that like yeah, see, it, it immediately I mean, comes like, apart because Jesus defies literary all of those paradigms. Like, well, I mean, he doesn't yeah. refuse the call, but when he's praying in the garden, he said he gives God an out. He's like, you know, if you can get this away from me, do it. But you know, it's not what I want; it's what you want. Seems a little late in the game for the refusal of the call. That which yeah. which kind of comes prior yeah, well, to yeah. The, and, yeah. The, the coming to yeah the Jesus. Point. I don't think that Jesus fits into this at all. That's what I was trying to. That's what I was trying to get at. Like he's the hero, but he doesn't fit the he doesn't fit the mold. Obviously. But isn't that interesting that you when you look at the Bible, which is a book that sixty six books written by forty something authors over however many 1600 years what 37 in the Old Testament 29 in I'm wrong you were close it was 39 in the Old Testament 27 in the New Testament very good gold star Uh, and but you you see all this breakdown this number breakdown and you see the the story that's being told and it's several different stories most of the people in the Bible don't come off looking like heroes when when you really really break it down um, even David Mm-hmm. Uh, who who's probably your best example in the Bible of someone looking like a hero that has a long enough drawn out story? I mean, you have characters like Deborah. Deborah's a great example, but you only get two chapters of Deborah. I was thinking of Moses too. Uh, again, he didn't Moses really didn't end up the, the ending. No, oh. Moses Moses got stopped just short of the goal. Because he didn't oh, have yeah. like the refusal and that kind of thing, and like the the you know. But yeah, he didn't get yeah, the, the development. But he yeah. didn't return with the elixir. Correct. He did not return with any elixir. Uh, Who else? Who else in the Bible? I mean, you look at Abraham, another one that Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't come off as heroic. I mean, Mm -hmm. definitely cowardly in some of his examples of, that's not my wife, that's my sister. Please don't hurt me, sir. Uh, Samson Samson has a pretty sucky ending, too. You know, even, uh, you know... the Apostle Paul or, or Peter. I was thinking of him too. Uh, you know, flawed characters, mm-hmm. tremendously flawed characters, and uh, that it shows far more reliance on God's grace yeah. than it does on their own ingenuity or strength or dumb luck or the people that, that help them and carry them up the mountain. Um, Aaron like didn't carry Moses or... anywhere. Yeah. You know, they just, they're, there was, you know, Moses Might didn't. Have made it worse. Yeah. Uh, Joshua might have been Moses's Samwise, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you don't see the the characters. So yeah. I, as I was thinking about this, I decided to take a step backwards and look at the Bible itself as one continuous storyline. And in doing so, I found something really, really interesting. I found the hero's journey in the Bible, and it might be a little bit loose, but I think that it makes some sense. If you guys will indulge me, please, and hear me out. The narrative of the Bible absolutely begins out in, in one way. In the beginning was God. So God is the origin of all these things, and he creates this universe. He creates in six days a, a clockwork universe where everything works. There's day, there's night, there's mountains, there's duckies, there's bunnies. And that's sort of our ordinary world. And into this world, he interjects humanity. And and here we are uh, in, in definitely what would be considered an ordinary world, um, but the shaking up of the situation is is this. There's, uh, there's sin. Sin brings a swift halt 
to this ordinary world and definitely shakes things up. Uh, there, there's a, a now strain in our relationship with God and that there's a cost in our relationship with God. And, and what you have to understand is the book of Genesis really encapsulates sort of this ordinary world mentality meeting with the stress of this call to adventure because Genesis is the first book of five books written by Moses. Moses wrote the, the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, and Genesis is sort of an overture. Genesis is is a prelude to the narrative. So if you're watching Star Wars and the the, the, the horns hit and this, you know, episode one and it scrolls up, that's Genesis. Genesis is the text before the movie starts. In the beginning, you know, da, 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 in the beginning, scrolling up, God created the heavens and the earth, and, and then there was sin, but, you know, God promised that he would make a way, and he destroyed the earth with a flood, and there was a man named Abraham, and that brings us to, boom, we enter into the scene uh, with Moses. And Moses sort of becomes our first example of humanity relating with God. We talk about Abraham goes and talks with God. So he sort of becomes the paradigm or the initiation of this walk with God that mankind has. But then when we see Isaac and when we see Jacob and we see Joseph, we see limited interactions with God. And when we do, they're not they're not deeply personal, not not through Abraham or excuse me, not through Isaac and not through Jacob. Jacob wrestles with God. So we, we see that happen. There's struggle and there's conflict, but there's not intimacy. The first time we, we really, really see someone who has an intimate, personal relationship with God, we see that in the life of, in my opinion, Moses. Moses has this relationship with God. So the ordinary world is kind of set up in Genesis. This is what is mundane. This is the struggle. This is the stress that, that people are going through uh, from creation to captivity. Um, there's a call to adventure that happens when Moses is called into setting God's people free. And what does Moses immediately do? Nope. Yeah, he refuses. Refuses the call. Exactly uh, like like the clockwork of the, the hero's journey says. Moses says, I can't do it. I do, 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 don't, don't talk too good. And God says, I'm going to give you the words. And all of this kind of happens all at once because when, when Moses is speaking to this burning bush, he is also meeting with his mentor. Uh, which is sort of an ongoing process with Moses. There, there's a veil between them at first when Moses is speaking to a burning bush. God is speaking through a burning bush. And that veil, as their relationship goes on, ends up falling a little bit away and falling a little bit away until Moses is meeting at the top of the mountain with God in person, you know, face to face. And so so you have this call to adventure beginning maybe with with. Moses, which is a reflection of the call that God gave to Abraham, uh, and the mentor is definitely God uh, as they speak to one another. Crossing the threshold, is that, that's what we have next, um, is literally crossing the threshold. As we leave Egypt, hmm. we are now leaving the ordinary world, which is symbolic of sin. We sinned. It caused us to be a slave to sin. We're in Egypt causes us to be a slave to Egypt. So we're, we're now crossing the threshold as we leave this ordinary world. Now we come into a, a series, a season of tests and allies and enemies. Obviously that happens in the entire book of Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers. There's enemies within the camp and there's enemies from without of the camp. Uh, if you look 
at the approach where the hero and newfound allies prepare for the major challenge in the special world, what is the special world that they're journeying to? Canaan? Yeah. They're, they're headed to the promised land. And, and I think that as they approach that, they've got to come up with some unique challenges. Now, at this point, you see a transitioning of who is the, the mediator between God and humanity is Moses. And now Moses is the mentor to, as a reflection of God as a mentor to Moses, Moses becomes a mentor to these people. And then just like Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, you know, just like Gandalf the Grey, Moses uh, stops and the journey must continue without him. And the mantle of leadership falls to Joshua. Joshua. Oh, Joshua. Dang it. You're right. Uh, yeah, to Joshua. Uh, and, and, and we see the ordeal happening as they're, as they're approaching and preparing for the major challenge of the special world. In the middle of the story, we have a hero entering into the special world, which is Canaan, and, and confronting and, and facing life and death, their, their greatest fear. And we see that happening in, in the book of Joshua. We see um, this great battle as they enter into Jericho. We see this great battle as they enter into to AI. And we see these stories uh, of... The, the, the need to fight and, and struggle and sacrifice. And then there's a reward. They have victory and they take this, this land and, and, and things are good. But that, that reward is only tentative because after that, remember uh, that, that there's a danger of losing that treasure again. Mm-hmm. And, and they take control of the land but they never quite drive all of their enemies out. They never tw- quite uh, dominate uh, and captivate the land. So the road back is their return to glory. We're going to build a permanent temple. Uh, we're no longer a tabernacle on a tent. We're going to have David start and Solomon build a temple. We're going to create these kings of the people. We're going to try to establish normalcy. But what their normalcy is is not, in fact, normalcy. It's just uh, their humanity kind of getting in the way. So on the road back, about three-fourths through the story, the hero is driven to complete the adventure, which is we're going to create this permanent thing, but they're constantly kicked back into captivity. They're constantly kicked back into oppression. They're constantly kicked back into war, handing off to the Persians, handing off to the Babylonians, uh, ultimately ending up in the hands of the Romans, at which point you have the mentor, at which point you have the hero of the story, wants to complete this journey. So... What you're seeing is who is the hero of the story so far? Who's following the hero's journey in the story so far? Man. It, it, yeah, it would appear to be man. God isn't dynamic. God isn't changing throughout the story. God is directing and God is involved and he's, he's urging along and he's leading his people. But he's allowing us to go on this journey. And the journey is him word. The journey is to take us to him. So... Because humanity wrote the check of sin, because humanity brought chaos into the ordinary world, who is the one that can get us out? The mentor doesn't do it. What the mentor does is the mentor leads and affects and drives. So we have now a human that steps into the world. Granted, a sinless and a perfect human, but that man is the man Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who teaches and and directs and leads and loves and gives grace and ultimately pays the ultimate price by laying down his life. But the next part of the hero's journey is resurrection. the resurrection. And the, the the hero severely tested once more on the threshold of home. And he or she is purified by a last sacrifice, 
another moment of death and rebirth, but on a higher and more complete level. And we finally see that justified and ratified for us through him. It wasn't God standing on a cloud, riding on a white horse, throwing a lightning bolt, saying, <laughs> be gone, Satan. It was one of us. It was him in one of us, but it was one of us, born in a manger. Why did Jesus have a, the, the full story of humanity? Why didn't he just step out of the, the blue as a full-grown man? Because he was one of us. He had the same story, the same micro-journey that we go through because he led as one of us, born of a woman, born of a virgin. You know, and that's, that's what we see is Jesus going through this journey as one of us to pay for the price for all of us and resurrection and now we have the last step which is the return with the elixir now this is the thing there's this moment between resurrection and completion and that is where we find ourselves in the story it happened at the end of the gospels and now we find ourselves in the church age we find ourselves in this place where we have a promise of salvation and a promise of uh, resurrection or a promise of we have, the, we have the promise of Christ's resurrection, the promise of our resurrection, the promise of salvation, the promise of redemption. Uh, and, and that's where we find ourselves in the middle of. This is our return home. What is home? What has always been home? It's never really been Canaan. Canaan is always symbolic of heaven. Canaan is always symbolic of an eternity in, in God's kingdom, in, in God's promised land. And, and that's what our return is. Uh, of course, our return is drawing near to him, but ultimately our rescue is him drawing near to us. So the hero returns home or continues the journey, bringing some element of the treasure that has the power to transform the world as the hero has been transformed. What is the power, what is the treasure that we have subsequent to the Christ, Christ resurrection? Salvation. Salvation and the power of the Holy Spirit and a fellowship with God that transcends you know, anything that anybody throughout the Bible has ever had. And that will ultimately come forward when we see Jesus return as he promised to do, uh, bringing the story to its satisfactory and long-awaited conclusion. We are on the hero's journey. It is definitely the story between us and God. We are the ones that are journeying through this. And because this is written on our hearts, because this has been the experience of mankind from the very, very beginning, no wonder we see and we emulate this uh, same pattern in the stories that we tell and the stories that we treasure. Uh, thoughts? Input? I agree. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like I just went on like a 25-minute rant there. <laughs> But I was really fascinated to think about it because I don't think it's summed up in any one person's life. Yeah. I think it's all of our lives. It's every story. We're all part of the symphony of time as oh. from creation to revelation. Uh, we find ourselves in the middle playing just a very, very small part of the beautiful story, the beautiful love affair between the creator and his creation between God and humanity, between heaven and earth. And whether that. that is an unforeseen or a sloppy wet kiss, uh, there's definitely a whole lot of loving going on. I like, I like how we're all, we all have unique stories, but it's all part of the collective at the same time. Absolutely. That's really cool. It is cool. And uh, I think that that's one of the reasons that testimonies are so important because, you know, there's things, there's, there, there's a, a story that's being told in Stephen's life that's different than the one being told in my life or Tori's life or Neff's life. And yet all of our stories come together to bring glory 
to God, to bring praise to God, to back up and bear witness to the things that we have seen. And uh, it's, it's your witness and it's my witness and it's your life and it's my life that when they're lined up, draw a very, very clear, very, very concise and very definitive picture of Jesus Christ in us and through us and what he's all about. I think that's one of the most beautiful things is that sometimes it feels like we're all telling this story alone. Sometimes we're all on this journey alone and yet we're not. Uh, it's very much like the video game journey. You know, we start at a certain point, we have a destination and a goal in mind. I can see the mountain spire, you know, over the tops of the sandy dunes and we're all facing the same direction and just every now and again, we see somebody else and we don't know yeah. who they are. We don't know what their deal is, but they are headed the same place. They're on the same quest. And there's just something... The same journey. The same journey. And there's something wonderful <laughs> about that. But it's still a different journey at the same time. It's 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 very... It's unique, but it's together. We used to do this thing called the labyrinth. It was a prayer path. And we would oh, yeah. do this entirely like, huge labyrinthine uh, outline on the floor of our sanctuary. It was just gigantic. The labyrinth isn't like the movie labyrinth? Very similar. But here's the difference. And this is what I learned in researching this, that a labyrinth is different than a maze because a labyrinth has a start and has a finish. And although you follow the path and it takes you in every twist and turn and, and different direction that you can go on there's one path on the labyrinth and you you're not it's not designed to lose you or to get lost but as you follow the labyrinth even though you might be going one way and somebody else might be going the other way you're all still on the same path you're all still headed towards the same destination it's not like oh i found a dead end or oh i should have turned left at albuquerque <laughs> uh, and that's life you know i look at at neff who's uh, 20 years younger than I am, uh, you know, 18 years younger than I am. And, and I say, you know, Neff, you're in a different place in life than I am, but we're headed to the same place. So we have a, a kinship. We have a brotherhood. We have uh, a common purpose. We, we both come from the same place. We're both going to the same place. Now, how we get there might be very, very different, but ultimately the answer has to be Jesus Christ. Some people will take this same idea uh, I remember Oprah saying it, you know, what difference does it make if you call it God or if you call it the light or if you call it the universal transmogrifying harmonic convergence of granola? Uh, it's all really just other words for the same thing. It's not. It's not. Jesus is very, very clear when he says there is one way to God and it is me. No one comes to the Father unless they go through me. I am the way, the truth, and life. So either Jesus was a total liar uh, or he really is the real deal. So uh, that's the hero's journey that I choose to go on. And I might never be faster than a speeding bullet. I might never leap tall buildings in a single bound. I might never find a plus size utility belt, wear a cape and a cowl, <laughs> or uh, be able to uh, divert the course of mighty rivers. But at the same time, I have been promised that I can move mountains. At the same time, I have been promised that if I speak to the skies, someone will hear me. And at the same time, I know that I am loved so much that someone gave their very life in place for mine, and that one day they've promised to come back for me. Amen. And that brings me a lot of hope. Last thoughts? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I was succinct. Well spoken, no. Well spoken. Well, that's about all the time we have for tonight on uh, what appears to be a very lengthy episode of the Nerd of Godcast. Uh, hope that you guys have learned something, or at least uh, maybe you just decided not to push the off button. If you've made it to this point, you are our favorite people! Yay! Yay! Fantastic. 
Uh, so we're going to go ahead and sign off. Again, if you haven't had a chance to connect with us yet, find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Nerd of Godcast. You can email us at nerdofgodcast at gmail.com, or you can visit us online at nerdofgodcast.com. Let us know what you think about the show. Tell us about the heroes uh, and where you see them in the, the, the hero's journey, and uh, you can let us know who the main character of Lord of the Rings is. We'll settle this debate once and for all. Stephen and I are going to oh, leave gosh. here as friends. Don't worry about us, kids. We've been through worse. Uh, we love you guys. Until next time, for the Nerd of God cast, the lovely Tory Line. Good night, everybody. The big man, Quentin Neff. Goodbye. Is that sort of an opposite Lionel Richie? It's not me. Oh, it's Adele still. Oh, oh, is this, oh okay. <laughs> Why did you have to kill the last puppy? Uh, and uh, producer Steve-O. See ya. My name is Tony T. Until then, we ain't got to go home. But we can't stay here. Peace out. It's all wrong. By rights, we shouldn't even be here, but we are. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo, the ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were, and sometimes you didn't want to know the end. Because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day has come, and when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folks in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't, because they knew what they were holding on to. What are we holding on to, Sam? That there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. <laughs> Why are we, what are you holding on to, Sam? <laughs> Man, leave my Frodo alone, dude.